Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mia O'Brien. My nose just decided to start bleeding. And Leon Searcy. Now you're yeah. just talking to Tom Fuller. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Hump Day Wednesday. It is here. We've been on the road the last couple of days. Patrick Young's tournament on Monday, yesterday, four-score golf tavern, and today, back in the studio having a big time. A little bit of an overcast day, but still one that you could probably go out and put a peg in the ground. The Golf Club of Southampton bringing you today's show. We'll be telling you all about them. We had a great event there last week with our Toys for Tots XL Primetime Christmas, but we got all sorts of things to get into today. We started talking a bunch yesterday about December and, and how you could be defined in December in the National Football League. So we'll keep that theme going, look at a handful of teams and how they were built. But uh, on the heels of what uh, Taylor Dahl was doing in the update, as far as the Gators are concerned, we haven't talked about them. They are going to play a football game on Saturday. What, what time's the kick? 2.30? 2.30 kick uh, out in Vegas and it's up against a pretty good Oregon State team. So we got to spend a little bit of time looking at them. we got to start looking at some of these bowl games uh, because they are popping up. And, and as we were talking about the Gators after uh, her update, we were talking about Todd McShay and where Anthony Richardson has been projecting. Uh, and look, we, we can't help but smile and laugh. And, you know, the thing that we would get clobbered, uh, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures by by the Gator Homerism. And this is not a Gator Homer, I don't believe, uh, in Todd McShay when he projected him in his latest mock right outside the top 10, Leon. Right outside of the top 10. And it makes my head shake. And, and, and Matt, we have talked about this a ton, about what do they see. Well, they see the skill set. That's what they see. And they also see the importance of the position. And that's why he's being talked about this way. Because – uh, Denny uh, told the Franchi show a couple, what was it, last week? AR setting up here with an apartment, training, getting ready for, for the draft. They see the arm talent, and they see the 4-4 speed. Mm-hmm. That's what they see. And size. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the size. He's a big, he's, he's a big he's cat. The, he's <laughs> the, if you're putting together a quarterback physically, he's the perfect guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was talking to you guys off the air. I mean, it, maybe Dan Mullen and Billy Napier have no idea what they're doing coaching quarterbacks. All right? <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Damn mother's fool. Right. Thank you, JJ. Maybe that's what it is because, I mean, we've all seen it. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I also want to say this too. We, you know, we keep saying this, but he started 11 games in his career, 12 games in his career. He's still, mm-hmm. he's still fairly young as a quarterback. So he's still growing. He's still learning. He's still maturing. He will get better in the NFL. How much better? I don't think any of us know. Yeah. I, I, that's the deal. Project. Well, well, man, you know? how, how is he any different than Trey Lance? I mean Trey Lance. Similar, his, yeah. yeah, I mean Trey Lance in his career, he didn't play what uh, you say he, he played. He played sixteen games. He played sixteen games, and, and, and most of his 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 school was more run happy than pass happy. Well, kind of like Florida this year, though. If you think, yeah, about that's it. what I'm saying. So I mean, um, and I would think that I would think the AR has the attributes a little better than Trey Lance. To be quite frank, he's got the size, got they're, the arm strength, they're very similar. got the speed. Yeah, they're very similar. So, I mean, <clears> through one pick in North Dakota, though. 
16 games. Yeah. Or three picks. Because he, he also two, didn't play in the, the SEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, I understand that. Sure. I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, it's also reading defenses and making throws. I know. I'm just saying that, to me, would be the biggest difference between the two. Yeah. We well, saw him play against elite-level opposition. I'll say this to you guys. I thought about this as I was leaving the stadium this morning. This time one year ago, December 14th, 2021, uh, which I believe technically would be the one-year anniversary or at least right the when Wednesday Urban, of, yeah. uh, of Urban being fired was yeah. one year ago today. But beyond the fact that that occurred one year ago today – which we need to come up with some sort of sound effect for that, JJ. We'll workshop it during the break. That should be our play of the day. We really should. Um, But beyond the urban storyline, how many of us knew who Trayvon Walker was one year ago today? How many of us actually thought he would be the number one pick? All right, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, I absolutely knew who he was. I knew who all the good players on the Georgia defense were, but I'll put it to you in a Dante Fowler sentence. I knew who Dante Fowler was. I never thought he would be the number three pick overall in the draft. Period. And that's the way I looked at Trayvon or you can go to Jordan Davis. I mean, you can go to uh, on and on and on with all the unbelievable players that they had on that football team. And this is Dante made the rise after the season ended into that top three spot. And Trayvon made the rise when in in the final after after the combine. Yeah, after the combine. And so that's why I'm saying don't be surprised if Anthony Richardson does make a rise, whether that's into the first round or whether that's into the top ten. Yeah, I mean listen, I knew who Trey Trey Walker was. I knew he was a band member. He wasn't the lead on that, on that defensive team. But, yeah. but, uh, he was Charlie Watts. He wasn't the exactly. exactly. Right? I mean, I knew he was so yeah. many good players. So, but, um, but listen, Joe says Charlie the best. The Joe says the best. The combine eyes. When mm-hmm. you get when you get into the, in February and you get to that combine, you start getting those workouts. All of a sudden, these these staffers and these recruits and these scouts forget about film. They just look at the fact that this kid can throw on air. You know, he can move and maneuver on air. He can run on air. He can run the drills on air, and, and they fall in love with him. And next thing you know, a, a project like AR, who, I mean, what, what would you grade him this year as a quarterback at Florida? Uh, B minus, C, yeah, C plus, C, I mean, C F plus, whatever? He's a flat. So, he, I mean, so, so the, film is, so the, the film's not going to really matter when February comes around. I don't think. The film's not going to matter because he goes to the combine. He runs that 4-4. He gets in those drills. He shows the arm strength. He shows the mobility. He shows the size. He's going to have all – He's going to already have the, all the intangibles. That's good. Scouts are going to fall in love when they're going to fit, forget the fact that he struggled against Kentucky and all the other elite South schools Florida. in South Florida and all that kind of stuff. That's going to go away. And he's going to go I, exactly I probably where Mache has not projected. I don't disagree with you, but I will say this. If he doesn't do well on the, on the grease board, there'll be a lot of teams that pass on Well, him. yeah. Well, see, that's see that's the key. The first thing they do when he goes and go visits, to visits, this is after the combine, yeah. after the pro day, he's going to go and visit these guys. Yep. And they're going to get him on front of well, grease board and say, what are you going to do here? Well, no, what no, do you do here? Even even before at the combine, they have these meetings where they sit down and they, and they, 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 they do watch the same thing. They do the same thing. Okay. They break down coverages and defenses and all that kind of stuff. Right. And they want to see your, your attributes as far as your knowledge of the game and where would you go here, where would you go there. Yeah, they would go through all that. If I'm they... his agent, I'm yeah. working on that more than anything. More yeah. than anything. Just work on the grease board mm-hmm. because you're already athletic. You already can throw the ball. You already can run a 4-4. You're already 235 and 6-4, 6-5. Just work on the grease board for four months. Yeah. Nothing else. Well, got to do his homework. Yeah, the ability to read defenses will, will tear will tear quarterbacks apart. Oh, yeah. It will tear futures of football teams apart if they can't do it, and they all fight it. And even Trevor, as good as he was coming in, 
fought it a little bit early. Doug Peterson probably cleared up uh, his mind, took some gray out of there, and, and made it a little more black and Plus, white. Plus, here's the thing. If he if he's successful on that grease board, Anthony, man, there's no telling how, how I he'll go. Mm. Because you guys have to remember, all coaches, number one, have egos. Every one of them. Any coach, any football, any level. They all think they can be the guy that can coach X player to his ceiling. So there's, there's a guy right now in the NFL who's talking to his GM. There's a quarterback's coach saying, I can get this guy. Mm-hmm. I can get him, and he oh, will be yeah. fantastic. So it's, there's, he will have someone that's going to pick him high. He will go high. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how high. I want to ask you guys this because I, I covered the one game in which Patrick Mahomes, when he was at Texas Tech, went to face a three-win Iowa State team, or at the moment it was a two-win Iowa State team. This was pre-Matt Campbell. They were god-awful. And Patrick Mahomes and uh, his fellow Red Raiders were beat 66-24, I believe, was the final score at the hands of a lowly Iowa State team. How many people, I know people knew of Patrick Mahomes. They knew the talent. They knew they had seen the box score where him and Baker Mayfield went blow for blow and they each had over 500 yards passing in a single game. But in reality, how many people really saw him going top 10 in the NFL draft? I mean, people knew Deshaun Watson. Yeah. National champion, knew he had a chance to go high. For whatever the reason, the Mitch Trubisky name, because of the North Carolina offense, and that was pre-Mac Brown, was heralded as, oh, he's going to translate to the National Football League. But how many people actually thought Patrick Mahomes would go top 10? People were pretty stunned, if memory serves me right, when the I, Chiefs I wish, traded up to get it. Yeah, I, honestly, I wish I could tell you I thought he was going to be what he is now. And I, uh, Rick Bull and I would have this discussion, debate, whatever, and, and Ballou was a believer from the jump, okay, just from the jump when it came to Mahomes. And I'm like, come on, man, there's stat machines down there, okay? You can just go and just and just plug and play a guy and get all these super stats from Big 12 defenses. But And, and the air raid, for what it's worth, yeah. in honor of Mike Leach. Exactly, yes, but there was the just something about him. And then, it's not like I even saw Kansas City moving up. But one thing jumped out at me, and this is, you know, the combine eyes and all that kind of stuff, the four or five quarterbacks that were coming out that year, he was the most accurate. That means something, okay? People just completely minimize accuracy. accuracy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was the most accurate of the bunch. It wasn't the, you know, the, the most uh, you know, velocity or, or anything like that, high, any of that. He was the most accurate quarterback among those guys that were coming out. And obviously, you can see it. Did you see that little hip toss, you know, shortstop play he made the other day? Yeah. It was unreal. The don't look pass. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. It was unreal. And he just, like, fires it right from his right uh, you know, hip pocket. Like, it's nothing. It's like Caleb Williams. Same thing he did against yeah. Utah in the yeah. championship game. Yeah. That little flip side pocket thing. Yeah. yeah. And they're they're picking that up from Mahomes. Oh, he's, yeah. he's the guy who's done it. But, but, yeah, those guys can come up. I'm not even – I don't want to bet against Anthony Richardson and say he will be an absolute bust. But I am – I put him in that pile of, of I'm a huge doubter of whether or not he can – because I have nothing. I don't know how you couldn't. Right. right. I have nothing to go off right. of. It's right. like I keep telling you, Matt, I've seen everything and I've seen nothing. I, I see every – whoa, that's awesome. And then I want to see more of it and you never see it. So that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. All right, down at the uh, facility, the bank, TIA, where they're selling standing room only tickets right now for uh, over over a Benjamin. I think they're like a buck six. Huge, nasty yeah. cash. Yeah, they're going to load up. They're going to load up. Standing but, room only seats? Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, they're opening it up, man. And even then, it's 
I don't think you can call those, them seats if it's standing room. Those oh, are those are a hefty ticket as well, Matt. Currently, yeah. on a, currently courtesy of the NFL Ticket Exchange and Ticketmaster, standing yeah. room only, one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I like to stand wow. in the cabana area and act like I'm part of a party, but uh, they may even be checking my. By the way, is this a December game of significance because uh, of this? Well. It, it's a it's a game of significance because of where this team might be headed. Right. But like I told and you all, told you all yesterday, you let's not call this last week or this week the biggest game ever if if they're still not above five hundred. Right. They they need to be obviously above five hundred playing for big things. When they won that Seattle game, going back to that twenty seventeen year, they were playing for big things at that point. And right. And realistically, they could lose that game win, and win the next three, and they could still. Yeah, win the division because the Titans are that's right. A bad team it, it, right now. it just depends on if the next three before you get to the finale here at the bank against the hated Titans, if one team goes two and one, the other team goes one and two. Right. Yeah. Then obviously it, it can it can be that that theme and and, and just the stakes are going to be huge uh, for that final game. All right. To Trayvon Walker, let's Doug Peterson. You're at the presser this morning. Uh, it doesn't seem like he is saying it is a serious high ankle sprain if he's calling it a day-to-day thing. So what did you get out of that? Yeah, um, so I asked the question, and he just kind of said, yeah, it's a high ankle injury, and he's day-to-day, and we're monitoring the situation. I like the word injury over sprain. Correct. He used the word injury over sprain. Um, JJ, if you could get soundbite uh, number nine up and ready. Um, In between, when I asked that question, there were a couple others about various other things, which are mm-hmm. still still relative to the game on Sunday and mm-hmm. still relative to the Jaguars. Um, but we finally circled back to Trayvon Walker, and I asked Doug Peterson, I said, if you don't have Trayvon, how does that affect your game plan? And moreover, how disappointing is that if he really was turning a corner on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you lose a, a starter, potentially, you know, I mean, that's going to that's gonna take a little bit away from, you know, your offense or defense. And, you know, he's, he's really starting to play better. You know, as the season's progressed and, and doing different things, and, and you saw, you know, this past week, you know, him playing with his hand in the ground, you know, coming off the ball a little bit more, and just feeling comfortable with with the scheme, and and um, but you know what, it's always going to be if that happens, if that's the case, and it's the next man up mentality, you know, and and uh, if it's. You know, um, if that's Arden Key, if that's you know Caleb on Chase on whoever, whoever is going to you know fill that role, you know, um, just got to be ready to go, you know, and ready to play. So take with that information what you will. Read right. between the lines whether or not that says that Trayvon Walker will miss this Sunday's game if he truly is day to day. If it's a sprain or not, for what it's worth, Damian Pierce out in Houston, yeah. apparently former Florida Gator apparently suffered a high ankle sprain, and they have already said he is out the next one to two weeks. And he was in a boot. Correct. So I don't know if Trayvon – They're about to hit the practice field, so I'm sure we'll get some updates from some of the boots on the ground at TIA Bank Field here coming up shortly. Maybe it's just like a bruise. Yeah. Because you're not day-to-day with a high ankle sprain. No I wouldn't think so. That's that's why, why, like you said, injury. A high ankle sprain is a wrap. Yeah. I mean, most the seasons. Right. The season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you're out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You're out of Now, if it's like if it's like a like you said, a bruise or something like that, something that he can maybe overcome in the ice tub, get some ice and stem, you know, keep pressure on it, well, all that kind of hard stuff. Too though, right? I mean, yeah, that, that's well, yeah, that be you can you can come back from a high ankle sprain four to six weeks is generally what uh, like we'll have Geo in here later, and you know, I, I'm, I'm a radio doctor, so I could I can say this with authority. But, you know, it's, it's basically a four- to six-week injury. But think of what Mac Jones went through earlier this year 
When his got folded over, that was a major high ankle sprain, and it looked like, oh, my gosh, this guy's not coming. He was able to beat that clock and come back, which I was really, really surprised by because just the way the technology and medical advancements and all that kind of stuff. But I just like the fact that he termed an injury, and it does mean that there's a chance he can come back out there. And so maybe they can, maybe they can brace it up uh, and, and you know, put him through rehab and put it, you know, stabilize it where he can do what he wants to do. Because how about this? They finally found a situation. What was the number, Mia? 12 snaps with his hand on the ground for the season. Eight. 14 for the season. Yeah, he had 14 eight for this the season. Pa- and he had eight, yeah. eight this past week. Yeah, and so 14 hand on the ground snaps coming into this game against Tennessee, and he had eight against the Titans. You don't think he's jonesing to get back out there? He, he has to just be salivating at the, at the idea of getting back out there and being able to compete because he's – he might have found a, his new spot in a lot of ways. Wouldn't you say that, just based on what he was able to do? God, I hope the remedy is not him having his hand on the ground. It took him this long to figure this out. I know, it's scary. I, I really hope that that's not, that, not they the were, case. But let's be, go I back to the beginning. Right, they yeah. were trying to fit a circle peg into a square hole. They said, we know he hasn't played outside linebacker, but that's the position he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Which, I mean, and so I think that's why it took so long, because it was – well, we're still trying. He's still developing. we got to give it time. And then I think it finally, when push came to shove, it was like, all right, it's put up or shut up time. What do we do yeah. with him now? Yeah, but if you got the, if he's the number one pick in the draft, I need his hand in the dirt. Mm-hmm. I don't need him standing up, dropping in, in zone coverage. I don't care about that. I don't care, way, I don't care about batted balls and, and covering the backs out. Of, I, don't, I don't care about – meet me to the quarterback. That's what I want. Well, That's why also, I went up my number one pick of all. 15 weeks to realize, oh, Darius Williams is probably better on the outside than the slot. Oh, yeah. He gets outside, and guess what happens? He plays better. Mm. He plays better. Right. Simple Plus, as that. Yeah. You, you stated it very well, just as far as the levers that he can create from coming up to meet a blocker, being low and trying it's to win. It's the explosion, win. man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, at the point of contact. Yeah, the explosion he's going to get. Right. Yeah, I mean. His hand on the ground is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just – his ability to get off and stay low and and, and come up with leverage. It's now, physics. Yeah, it's literally physics. Now some 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 guys are just freaks of nature. Like Von Miller, when I see him stand up and rush, I mean he's I mean his first step is wicked. Right. I mean his ability to get low, get around corners, and 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 double move is just something that we haven't seen before. But if you got a young rookie who's trying to grow into the position, put him put his hand in the dirt. Let let him come off. I mean, listen, when he ran that what four five forty. I mean, was he standing up or was he down in the three-point stance? He was mm-hmm. down in the three-point stance. Let him utilize that speed, that get-off speed. Fours, wasn't he? He ran a 4-4? Four, four? He was in the 4-4. Four, four, okay, 4-4. Four, four. Oh, yeah. well, let, let him utilize it. At nearly 280 pounds, that's right. why people were going And that puts nuts. more pressure on the lineman. That absolutely puts more pressure on the lineman. Yeah. If you stand straight up, you come and give me chest, you are neutralized. I'm telling you. But if you're in your three-point stance and you got 4-4 four, four speed and you're coming around the corner, puts more pressure on the lineman mm-hmm. to be able to adjust to your, you staying low. Because the first thing we want to do is that when you come off the ball, we want to put the hands on you. But if you yeah. stay low at that trajectory and you get around the corner, then you rise up, what's more pressure? That's why I hated Bull- Peter Bullware. Absolutely hated Peter Bullware because when he came off the ball, absolutely gave me nothing to hit until it was too late. And I usually had to run and push him past Mark or lose 20 pounds before I played him. But mm-hmm. I mean, he he wasn't that big of a guy. He's no, wasn't that big not, of a guy. But not he, as big as Trayvon. No, right? no, no, not that big of a right, guy. But, but he's he, on that stance. On that exactly. Exactly. The explosion out of that explosion stands. Explosion out of yeah. stands, absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, we're looking at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. We talked about how high-priced the ticket is, how popular uh, this game will be among the fans. You're going to see plenty of Jags. you see plenty of Cowboys uh, fans that are coming in. Uh, they are going to load up. What is it going to take to be – here's how I'm looking at this game on Sunday. I want to see Dak yak, okay? I want to see Dak yak. I want to see him make a mistake. Jerry Jones was talking earlier this week, and we'll, we'll – dig the audio up and throw it at you in just a bit. But Jerry Jones is talking about how he loves the fact that Dak can make these dynamic plays, but it's also pretty dang obvious. He's making some dynamic plays for the defense as well, because they're coming up with these circus uh, interceptions because he's making bad decisions. And so he's playing a little loose, a little aggressive, taking some chances. It's what you have come to know from Dak Prescott. But if this football team can at the very least confuse him, get a few guys' bodies on him, knocking him around, making him uncomfortable, uh, which I know this defense hasn't done a very good job of too often, but that's what it's going to take. They are going to have to get after Dak for this team to have any chance to win this football game on Sunday. For what it's worth, Leon, don't be upset when I say this. I woke up to a text from Coach Campo this morning. Apparently, Jerry Jones went on Dallas Sports Radio yesterday and expressed concerns with Dak Prescott playing too aggressively. His nine interceptions in eight active games this year is the largest margin that he has had in his NFL career. And so Coach Campo and I went back and forth on it, and then we were talking about the offensive line as well because I I saw a lot of folks on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, which you can get in on that conversation at 641-1010, with concerns about – Not only will they be working in a new right tackle, even if it's Jason Peters, Mm -hmm. who has been in the National Football League seemingly forever, um, but even if you bring Tyron Smith back and he's your left tackle, it'll be his first game back, so he'll be a little rusty. And then you throw in the fact that the Cowboys' pass rush rush win rate is one of the lowest, or excuse me, pass blocking win rate, excuse me, is one Mm -hmm. of the lowest in the league. And Dak may have to make plays. Well, he, he may have to use his legs if that really is an indication of who their offensive line is before the injuries. Uh, you've got to force him into making bad mistakes. And, Leon, you've seen it before. You think you know a, a quarterback looks at a certain defense and says, I can make throws on this defense. So you've got to dupe him somehow. Uh, that's why I'm going with the Dak yak. We need to get him to yak a little bit out there. I mean, listen, the only way I, I feel the only way the Jaguars are going to be able to stay in this game is that they got to do what they did last week. They've got to create turnovers, uh, and they got to create sacks. That's the only way they're going to be able to fuck. The Cowboys got it. They got a plethora of weapons now. They've mm-hmm. got weapons. Now, I don't see anybody on that team that could cover Lamb, Gallup, and then you got Pollard, you got Zeke, you got a tight end flex. You got three tight end flex set up where I don't think we've covered a tight end this year all all year long. So they can flex the tight ends at three. You know, so I mean, they've got weapons. The key to it all is is Dak. You got to keep him off his spot, his point. You got to make him uncomfortable. But we got to play the kind of game that we played last week. You got to create pressures and you got to create turnovers and give us a short field uh, to where we can score a lot of points and get up early on. I, that, that's the key because they've got a lot of weapons. And then you want to talk defensively. Defensively, I mean, the, you talk about Dallas Cowboys' offensive line. We're going to be flexed as far as their their pass rush mm-hmm. as well. They get after it as well. So we've got to do an outstanding job in tra- protecting Trevor Lawrence. We're going to have a long day. We've got to be able to establish some kind of run to where Trevor's not dropping back 50, 55 times in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be important too. So, I mean, as much as we talk about Dallas and and, and their issues, shoot, uh, 
their, the Dallas Cowboys defense poses issues for us and their offense as well if we don't get after them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look like they've got everything when it, when it comes to skill, position, talent, and pass rushers, defenders on the back end. They've got everything. They've got a they great just, offensive line. They're just so up and down. Well, the fact that they're just now bringing their, their best the right linemen back too, and right. lose their right tackle. So I'm not even going to suggest that Smith is not won't be 100% when he gets back out there because he, he is a – Mammoth human being, but losing, yeah, losing the right tackle on the other side, and Jason Peters, they are going to have to try it out quick, yeah, man, if they can. Well, they probably move Jason Peters to right tackle, yeah, because he was playing left guard, left tackle. That's what that's what they're talking. So you got two potential gold jackets that you're going up against this Sunday, all right, Jason Peters and Tyron Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. All right, yeah, that's pretty good. But like like we said, you got to catch. You got to catch the old man. Yeah, you got to catch him. Now they're a little long in the tooth. Now yeah. they've been in the league for a little bit, and Tyron Smith is. This will be his first game back, so he might be a little rusty. Right. And then and and then you moving Jason over to the right side. The key is what what give him some speed, give him some moves. Don't let him get if they get their hands on you as a wrap. And Doug Doug Peterson might at least have a little bit yeah. of a tell for Mike Caldwell in that defensive group against Jason Peters because mm-hmm. that was one of his guys. Uh, that he knew very, very well up uh, in Philly. Uh, different position that he was playing up there, but still. Uh, the Golf Club of Southampton, they bring you today's show any day of the week. I would just tell you to go on out and enjoy. Uh, you got a great golf course, especially in December. You're talking about making sure that the golf course is playable all the time. That's what they do with their grounds crew. They've got a great menu. They've got their Friday night patio and music sessions where Chef Gary is always cooking up something great. You can listen to live acts. You can enjoy that beautiful patio and watch the sun sunset make sure you check it out the golf club of southampton so let's keep it going on the jags how you know what is your gut right now we'll probably keep asking this question as we get closer and closer to the game on sunday but what do you think would be the key for this football team that you root for to beat that hated dallas cowboy team we saved you a seat it's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. We'll dive right back into your Jacksonville Jaguars coming up in just a little bit, but I want to get to this little piece of news that kind of went underreported because another team that is in the hunt here in the southeastern United States in the NFL playoff race, the Atlanta Falcons had their bye week last week. But did you guys see that Marcus Mariota just was told – you're not starting. We're going to try out Desmond Ritter the rest of the way. Yep. Even though we're 5-8, and eight, we're in the thick of things in the divisional race, the playoff race. And Mariota was like, I, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I just had a kid. I'm out. Well, well he, The way Arthur Smith played this, at least in front of the media, is that he, he basically called out Marcus Mariota saying that he created an injury. He pulled a Jalen. Right. Yeah. Well, now, according yeah. to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, Marcus Mariota will have knee surgery. He is going to be placed on injured reserve with four games remaining in the regular season. Desmond Ritter would have started regardless. Quote, I'm not a medical expert. I'm just telling you that it had nothing to do with the decision per Smith. Yeah. So he, he basically is saying he wasn't hurt enough to where he needed to go to injured reserve and his season was over once he was replaced as the starter he said i'm going to go ahead and get surgery so this is from jeff schultz okay who's covered the ajc used to be at the ajc he's covered the falcons the dogs everybody in atlanta for 30 plus years okay he's at the athletic now he said one more thing about marcus mario and anybody who wants to use this knee surgery 
as an excuse for him leaving the Falcons. He was not on injury for anything all season, nor was there any apparent injury in last in the last week game, last game he played. Yeah. And the other part of it is, is that Arthur Smith is getting frustrated because this is his second year. They're putting pressure on him. They want to win. It's not a particularly good football team. And hell, when they went into the when they went into the season with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, I could have told you the head coach's job's going to be on the line, right? I, I, I mean, come on, you can't. Marcus Mariota. We've seen a few quarterbacks that have been able to reinvent themselves and, and basically reclaim their careers. We we certainly have seen some of that. But I just didn't know that they would have any success with Mariota because he's a run-first guy. He's a tough guy, but he's a run-first guy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying that Marcus Mariota, is, he's faking the injury. He, well, he's checking out. He's, he's saying, che- you know oh, what? he's checking out. He's basically saying, I can, I can go ahead and get clean-up surgery because, on my knee and be done for the year and just because Because here, here's the thing. A, a, a lot of players uh, play with injuries that go unnoticed and unchecked mm-hmm. uh, during the season. For you know, for for the team. I mean, so I mean, the fact that it wasn't documented doesn't mean that it wasn't didn't right. exist. And, right. and I'm not. By the way, I'm not saying this. I'm just I'm, saying. We're, we're just telling you what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 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 I, I'm but not here's the thing, Leon. They're one game back in the NFC South standings. Yeah. So they they are technically still very much in the hunt. It's, yeah. As so bad as, as bad as the division is, they've been invited back into that competition. Correct. So even if this decision to start Ritter Sounds had nothing familiar. to do Terrible. with. Any slight injury that Marcus Mariota may have had, I mean, as a competitor, you tell me as a competitor, if you're told you're not starting anymore, do you just say, all right, I'm going to go get surgery now and walk away? Depends on how I feel. <laughs> no, no, seriously, because because I, I, I don't know, because listen, players all the time, you know, suck it up, you know, do what they de- deem necessary to get out and play on the field without having because the, the one the one time you go into the trainer and says oh this isn't that whatever and they diagnose you more than likely if it's severe enough they say you can't play so mm-hmm. a lot of players they they deal with their pain because they want to be out on the field but if you if you Marcus Mariota and you've been dealing with this pain for about a month or maybe a month and a half and then they and then you're in the thick of things they say okay we're going with the rookie Ritter. yeah after, you know after I've endured all this pain to get you to this spot. I don't know if I listen. I, I listen. I always say it. A veteran told me when it comes to NFL, when it comes to the upper management, you smile and wave. You never shake the hand. No loyalty. Yeah. Absolutely no loyalty by any NFL teams out there. And I, I they're, think they're turn they turn on you in a minute. I, yeah, I don't doubt it because it's a. If you're a good player, which you were, it was a secure feeling because you know how you, you were good, and they couldn't necessarily get rid of you. But when they found that time, they were going to move that chess piece. And, well, and move on without you. I, I totally get that. Well, well, here's the thing: when I was with the Steelers, I had I, I had a torn bursa sac in my in my my right uh, leg. Right? Mm-hmm. If I had gotten surgery, I would have missed six to eight weeks. So, what what was my alternative? Because I wanted to play and I wanted to play for my teammates in the Steelers. My inter- my alternative was to get 80 cc's of blood out of my knee every game, take a shot and wrap it up so I could play. So you were willing to sacrifice, yeah, and and surrender. And I could know. only imagine if I had been doing that for like the last couple of weeks or whatever, and they say, "Okay, sir, we're going to put Strelzik in there at you mm-hmm. right tackle. Uh, we're going to. I'll be the hell with y'all. I'm going to get surgery." <laughs> I don't think that's the Mariota. Yeah. Every time, you, every time you tell that story, I get like the heebie-jeebies. Well, every yeah. time. I'm just saying. And honestly, of blood. for you guys to be making fun of that Titans player, I know it's a Titans player for crying mm-hmm. and caring so much. Here's an and eyes, then. I guess. 
Like, just, okay, this is fine, that this guy just took his ball and go home. That's, no, that's I'm what's not, wrong hey, with the NFL. I'm not defending it at all. Care and by at the all. way, if you go back and you look at Mariota a few weeks ago, it was the Jags' bye week. Dude made a play at the goal line that just made me step up and say, damn, Mariota is a tough cat. He is balling. He's doing whatever it takes. Well, it just so happens we're two weeks removed from that, and they're sitting him down. Uh, and I do look at the division coming back to Atlanta. They probably should not be, unless they see Desmond Ritter in practice and go, you know what, let's just go ahead and see if this guy can sling well, See, here's the thing that fans don't see, JJ. You would say, here's the thing that the fans don't see is that, you know, you, you have to endure enough just to practice. And then after practice, you got treatment. Then after treatment, you're at home icing yourself up just so you can practice. Man, how much day. does Mariota get paid? I don't know how much. I know it's a lot. Yeah. So uh, he's dealing with injuries. I get that. He's getting paid to deal with injuries. Mm-hmm. And they're not the, the, the team. I've never seen a team come out and say stuff like this. Yeah. Arthur so it's Smith, not like he yeah. was – getting all this stuff drained out of his knee every week like you. Like, you were actually battling through stuff. Yeah. They're making it sound like he's he's BSing this whole thing. Yeah, for bro, Arthur bro, Smith. Like, I've never JJ, seen a team yeah. come out and say it to the media like bro, that. Bro, JJ, that's the propaganda machine known as the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. All right? They're going to do what's in the best interest of the organization. And Mariota's going to do what's the in the player. best interest they, of him, no, too. I'm, yeah, sometimes you have to, bro, because – the, 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 sometimes you have to because, bro, they, yeah. you're the only one looking out for you. Only, so only one, okay, so he's making up an injury. We don't know that uh, allegedly because he got because he knows it's a bad look to say, "Hey, I got benched. I'm going home with my kid." Right. That's a terrible look. That's what happens. Now all of a sudden he's getting surgery on his knee. I call BS on that, man. Arthur, he's yeah, playing, the, P, he's I, playing and, the PR and, game that's and, just the same as the Falcons. And the are. propaganda machine is working. Yeah, mm-hmm. for both. No, for no, because no, I'm just saying, because he no, has it's because Atlanta has the, the media outlet to project all this stuff on Mariota, and he does. Listen, it. times have changed. When you're a player, you can release yeah. whatever you want on Twitter, uh, exactly like they just did through his agent. So you get both sides of the story. So, yeah, like, yeah, you guys are taking one side; I'm taking the other that's side. That's billions against millions, though. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I was really surprised that Arthur Smith said it like that. Me too. With, yeah, with the quote, "I'm hurt" routine, and that. Ooh, Marcus yeah, Mariota bro. making uh, the fourth most on the Atlanta Falcons this year. By exactly. the way, exactly. Uh, only four point two five million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm he, not crying for him while he's in the bathtub, right? You know, and, and no need, yeah. I'm sorry. You he, make he, a lot of money. He's a low level starter. That's as far exactly as pay goes. I don't, that's I don't exactly. understand what he was so upset about. So you get benched. So what? Sit on the bench and make your money. Yeah. So yeah. what? And and by the way. If you're thinking the rookie's going to hold that spot and keep that spot, you should be sitting there waiting to save that's the That's number one. That's, yeah. that's number one, first and foremost. And number two, you know how many bad quarterbacks are in the NFL right now? Yeah. You don't think he's going to catch on with someone else next yeah. year? And that's how Mariota got to Atlanta, by the way. Right. Just because of just the, the lack of good quality starters that are out Even there. Even backups. He could make two or three million just being a backup. Oh, yeah, which is what he was doing before he took this, you know, because he had been bounced out of Tennessee as the, what, number two overall pick. Going back to the Jameis. Uh, also, oh, by the way, better than the alternative of goat selling insurance somewhere. Oh, of course. No offense yeah. to our insurance guys out yeah. there, okay? Yeah. I'm just saying in general. We love you, Diamonds. And, oh, and when I talk about teeth. injuries, like head injuries to me is completely different. Mm-hmm. That's serious. Right. You know, that's life-changing stuff. But, you know, when he's saying when he has a minor knee surgery and he has to take the rest of the season off, 
all of a sudden after he's been benched. Yeah, to me, that a, smells fishy. Yeah, that's, yeah bro, that's but, all I'm saying. But having your knee scope, that's 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 serious, bro. It means you got like broken fragments and stuff in your knee and stuff like that. Loose. Loose stuff in your knee that you got to get cleaned out. Yeah, but I I'm not an expert on this, obviously. But yeah. I would assume that most NFL players at the end of the season can get some type of small surgery yeah. to fix something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, like, well, so hey, listen, much- now don't get me wrong. Now I, I still believe that Mariota is in his feelings now because you know the, this injury that he's probably been dealing with. He's probably been dealing with halfway through the season. He just played with it. But now that he's getting benched, he's probably saying, That's well, my I, point, that yeah, most NFL players well, there's, probably there's have feelings. something they can get surgery on by yeah. this point in the season. Well, J.J., we do have feelings too, bro. You know. <laughs> yeah, my, I'm just saying just you make so That was his initial money. point that we all made fun of the guy who was crying. Yeah, that, that, exactly. That's my point. Like, this yeah. guy cared so much, and you guys all jumped on him. I understand it's a Tennessee Titan player. But, like, I like that these guys care a lot. He was I hate that us. someone took their ball and went home when he got benched. Yeah. Leon, what's the pater- it's easy for a guy who's you know bottom rung in the league to care a lot? Okay, yeah. what do you mean? He's barely making a roster. It's oh, easy the linebacker for him to get upset and you know. Oh, I I'm just, I don't know the guy from Adam. I'm just saying. It, yeah, I don't I mind. Like I don't mind they hurt. An NFL I don't player. Either. Cares. I don't either. But I, it's also I mean it's was that the guy that took the stiff arm from? Yes. Yes. Oh well, I know why you cry. <laughs> That's why you cry. What's the uh, what's the paternity? <laughs> Somebody's got to go home and cry. What's the paternity yeah. situation? Has to go home and cry. With yeah. the NFL uh, players union, like, do you get two weeks off? Like. Because the irony for this is Joe referenced yeah. Jalen Ramsey's yeah. uh, back injury. Yeah. If you remember correctly, his then fiance girlfriend he went back to baby. Right, she yeah. also had a baby yeah. around the same time that he was injured. Yeah. So yeah. maybe this is out of the Jalen playbook. I mean, well, how much how much time do you get for paternity? The technically, book, the book of Ramsey. Yeah. That's it's, what I it's, it. it's it's available in white label. You can order it. It will ha- not have his name on it. It'll come, you know, he'll give you the, the the soup to nuts version of how to get out of town. <laughs> yeah, Leon did. Uh, did TC give you any time off when you uh, you had kids? No. Uh, <laughs> you never got like a day? No, bro. Really? Listen, let me see. I'm trying to think. Well, I'm trying to try, Well, my, my middle daughter, Kenya, she was actually born September the 19th. Okay. And I was, uh, yeah, I, I saw her in between practices. Wow. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt <laughs> it. Did you like miss her birth because of practice? No, no, no. I saw her. Okay. I was there at her birth. I'm glad she was born on like a Monday, a day off. <laughs> but, but, but I remember. I'm just trying to think. No. No, I I was there for a birth. I yeah. was there for a birth, but I had to go after practice. I would go to the hospital and, and go see my daughter. Yeah. No days off. Do you remember how? TC, really? But to be fair, if you told yeah. TC my wife's in labor, I'm gonna go with her. He'd let you go, wouldn't he? Listen, no. maybe not. I don't even want to go. I don't do you remember? Go. Do you remember David? I'm gonna Williams? tell you a story after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember David Williams, sirs? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah David remember, Williams yeah. was a. It was a high profile story <laughs> that he was gonna step away from the team for. Of the birth of their child, yeah. and he he caught some grief over that. To your point, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, exactly. But he caught some grief because everyone just looked at it like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, you're you're a football player. You need to be." Uh, you got to put things in perspective now. Yeah. It's changed dramatically. Yeah, since then. Things, come on now. The birth of your child, unless you're the perfect. quarterback. In that oh, yeah. case, you better damn play. Uh, the, I'm sorry if Tre- Trevor better not be taking any games off to see a kid. The, That's not cool. The, the legendary not a game. I'm That's saying what I'm a, saying. A practice. Yeah. Okay. Well, what a if practice, this kid's yeah. born like Sunday morning, Saturday night, or yeah. something? Like, I don't David, know. Trevor, we can't have that. Trevor I mean, played. Trevor played pretty good this week when he skipped two practices. So uh, I'm just trying to I put have to look up. Sunday morning if it's his first kid. You got to play. You're a quarterback. 
Your son would be ashamed. My uh, or your, whoever. The Joe, your response on that? Well, I was just going to tell my my legendary story of of the birth of Hyla, and 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 uh, I I have a story that I have to tell over and over and over around you know the campfire or whatever at home is because she was born the day that I interviewed with Frank Frangie to get a job in sports radio. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so she was born at St. Vincent's. And I made sure everything was all right, and I headed on over to a sports bar in at Jacksonville Beach, interviewed with Frange, and then came back because uh, TLD, you know, stayed in the hospital. Anyway, she's in the hospital for a couple of days. I'm the network producer for the Florida Gator Radio Network. Frange is the is the host, so she's born on a Wednesday. Uh, TLD had to have C section, so staying in the hospital. Uh, I think it was no, she was born on Thursday. Uh, anyway. Saturday comes, we produce the show, I stick around for a half of football. And I'm like, I, this is a cocktail party. I'm not missing this game. It was one of the more exciting games. It just so happened it ended up being uh, uh, a victory for the Florida Gators. Anyway, I'm late getting back to Riverside and St. Vincent's. And my wife is waiting on me to bring home our Oh, my God. I'm board. cringing right now. So Why would you wh- do that? When I get to see, uh, this is, believe me. This is one that I have had to live down for a long time. I can't so, wait to ask her this question this yeah. weekend. I can't wait. So, it's gonna be then, awesome. Oh, gosh. I, should, I don't even know why I brought this up. We're gonna, well, it's too yeah. late now. Yeah. Let's hear yeah. the wounds. I come rolling up to St. Vincent's while her best friend, Julie, is wheeling her out oh of St. Vincent's yes. with wow. baby in arms as I come rolling up. I thought it was a perfect entrance on my part. No, it was not a perfect time entrance on perfect. my part. Timed it perfect. Oh, my gosh. Did you actually check- get out and say, timed it perfect? Yeah, she had to be checked out of the hospital and everything. Not- he pulled up and he's like, you're welcome. Oh, well, what 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 child in the in the birth third, order? But I've had Ohio's to pay. third? Okay. Yeah, I've had to pay for that one for a long time. Leon, yeah. what do you think? Quarterback? So I shouldn't bring that up, sir. Missing a regular <laughs> season game? I mean, I'm not even going to get into the playoffs. Of course not in the playoffs. But, like, Trevor has a kid Sunday morning, Saturday, late Saturday night. What are you expecting out of uh, – Trevor better, better be in that locker room. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what if his wife goes into labor at like 10 a.m. on Sunday morning? Yeah, yeah. It, trust the doctors. It depends on how many hours of labor she's in already. Yeah. It's his first it's, kid? Yeah. Yeah, he's got to be on a Sunday, yeah. He he it's on a Sunday. He's the quarterback. He's the father of all the players. It doesn't matter, dude. He's got to be there. That's their version of Planned Parenthood. You might as well plan <laughs> for Look, the if they're actual good, day. If they're a good enough franchise, yeah. they can deal with one loss, all right? Yeah. No. No. We, well, first of all, first maybe, of all, look who you're talking about. Maybe you're whoever, talking about the Jaguars. Think, maybe, maybe, well, hang on. Maybe whoever the backup is, by that point it might be AR, um, he comes in and plays well. Right? Maybe it'll be Marcus Mariota <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the ultimate yeah. twist of fates. Uh, real quick, as we kind of span the National Football League, um, we're talking about a potentially injured Marcus Mariota. Zach Wilson, a healthy scratch the last two weeks, a healthy and active for the New York Jets. He has been elevated to the number two backup role in New York. So he will back up Mike White, the same Mike White that uh, almost died on multiple occasions at the hands of Matt Milano against the Buffalo Bills this weekend. So goodbye to Joe Flacco, who is back to being the third-string quarterback for the Jets. I asked a friend of mine earlier this week to make a bet on this. So I'm curious if y'all would be interested. Not not, not saying, not saying, you know, we have anything on the line, but is Zach Wilson going to play again this year? Oh, I feel like. Well, 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 first how, off, what would you put in terms of a number? Odds that he will play again uh, this year? 65%. Yeah. And the reason I say it is because of what that line is doing to the quarterback. 
when when Mike White first took over, I'm like, I like the idea of him taking over and Zach being sat down, but I don't think it's going to last because I think he's going to get hurt just because of the way it went last year when he went in there. He ended up getting hurt, not like the guy is injury prone or anything, but just just he was not able to protect himself, and I just expect Zach to step back up. Now, the reason why he got elevated to number two is because I think they're worried if Joe Flacco goes back there with that line that he will get killed that they don't want to put the old man in harm's way. They'd rather put the young man in harm's way. Now, so wait a minute. Now, Mike that. White, doesn't he have rib issues mm-hmm. yes. for the He's Buffalo Bills? Yeah. Like so a, a guy with rib issues is still going to start over yeah. Zach Wilson. You would, you, I don't know if you can find the soundbite, but you would love it because Sala basically says this guy's earned a right to keep the – keep the job based on what he's been doing. Wow. And and that's over the number 2 overall pick. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's being he's being punished. Oh yeah. So they're begging him for, to stay. So I'm just the only reason I put 65% up there is because I, I just think Mike Mike's not going to I'm not sure ball. he plays for the Jets again, period. Mm-hmm. I think they try and trade him. That's what well, I think. Uh, to to nah, get, would be to get what and for what? Yeah. Well, get whatever you can for him at this point. Yeah, that's that's pretty they, they were, already shipped the number three overall they, pick out of town with in Sam Darnold. So yeah. what's the number two? Yeah, they will. Yeah, they. Uh, that's right. A number three overall pick, a number two overall pick that they have spent in the They're last the food chain, five man. drafts. Last five drafts is that right? Darnold's been around for five years. He was twenty eighteen. Okay, so that's whew, that's a, that's some serious mistakes. That's twice in a half dozen years. That's that's high high picks. Mm-hmm. Two and three. Yeah. And they've said, already say goodbye to one. I don't think they're going to say goodbye to the next like one. Like, we complain right about this this group and the way they choose. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. You can shoot holes in a lot of two other and three? teams' wow. drafts. So, here's the thing. When, when, a, when, a, when a player, a first-round pick like him, is a healthy scratch for the last two weeks, I'm, the reason why I say that's a punishment is because he has to be doing something uh, within the realms of the uh, facility that doesn't comply to being a professional. That's, that's that's when you get punished like that. When you're a healthy scratch, because usually they let you put your uniform on. Mm-hmm. That you, but when you walk in there and you say you're inactive, right. this there's something else going on. I agree. Either off the field, on the field. Just, they, just, they, his his attention to detail, his study, his professionalism, his stuff, antics, all that. So somebody is getting information to them about him to where they, they are punishing him for his unprofessional. Well, I think it's antics and it lack of professionalism. Be. It because, has to be cuz I mean, a first round pick doesn't get is not usually a healthy scratch. No, and it's one thing it's to also get also terrible. I mean, <laughs> I I mean when I was the first time I was a healthy scratch. You read the book. I was in the stands watching the game eat popcorn yeah. and I was never that again. That was that was my that was my how you going to make me a a healthy scratch the first game in Pittsburgh, so I like well, read the book. You read the book. I did like that you, <laughs> you were the, I did like that you were, I, I don't want to give it away at all, but I did yeah. like that you were in the stands eating popcorn. Yeah. And it was just, and that they had an injury in that game. They had five linemen go down. For what it's worth, Mike White is not under contract with the New York football Jets next year. Yeah. That's so wild. that also opens up a whole you know, Pandora's box. Well, I just love the suggestion that this guy really, like like you're saying, not under contract. We're gonna give him his shot. But the other guy was the number two overall pick. And not only honestly, what Leon's saying is hundred percent because it's one thing to get benched. It's one thing to get demoted. It's another thing to get dropped two spots on on, on a three level system. He he got he went from first to third, and there's well, only it's three. Also, spots. Not only that, not... it's also he, it's the healthy scratch. What Leon yeah. said. He's also playing terrible. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's it's double the. Pro- That's why I don't think you're ever going to see him again in Jets. You know what? Antics, lack of professionalism, and bad, and right now terrible yeah. play. Well, yeah. now if Mike White takes another hit to the ribs, we may be forced to see him. That's, that's my whole against the Detroit Lions, which hey. 
James Houston ripped Trevor down right. to the ground. Right. Just I imagine what he'll be able to do to Mike White. Who I don't wish be, it on him, but that's just going to be tough. Right, exactly. That Detroit Lions pass rush is really coming on. All right, we'll dive back into the Jaguars, staying in the NFL ranks, coming up in the 1 o'clock hour of XL Primetime. Wednesday on XL Primetime, brought to you by the Golf Club of Southampton. By the way, that line for the Jaguars and the Cowboys... Four and a half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up next on 1010XL 92.5 FM. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Big Cersei in the house for another half hour. It's XL Primetime. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Leon Cersei, Joe C., MOB, Me O'Brien, Maddie Hayes with all sorts of Great stuff at Saturday Down South, along with the rest of their Saturday sites covering the other college football divi- or conferences. I wasn't going to say divisions, but conferences. We'll get there eventually with the divisions. It, it, you know, hopefully it will be. Singular divisions, all of, all of them. Hopefully Legends and champions. Be. Legends and champions. Yeah, exactly. Legends and leaders. Leaders, a, but I say champions. Yeah, what a, what See, a I mean, fun, I, what I, a I mean, We want to talk Jags, obviously, but it's funny you should say that. It's They're getting closer, by the way, to Texas and Oklahoma playing in 2024. Mm-hmm. in the SEC. That's going to happen soon. Yeah, it's just, it's drug on, and when it's all said and done, that'll be three seasons removed from when they thought when the new they playoff, could. And when the new playoffs yeah. start. Which, which, which I think is great. USC, UCLA is 2024. 2024 as well. Right. Yeah, so, so it, then would it would all be... fall at the right time. And they'll all be playing in singular divisions, mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. There won't, no longer will be division, two-division play. Yeah, S- single, singular conference is what you're saying. It'll be the SEC will be one conference or right. one division is what they're going to call it, not two divisions. Like no East and West. Right. Yeah. Like what, so, I, I, to, I, so the two best teams will play in the championship game. Right. I guess I'm hard headed. Why would you even call it a division? That's what they call it. Yeah. That's weird. Single yeah. division. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I get you. So it would just be we're wiping out the idea that it's the best in the West, best in the East divisions. You're still playing a championship game. It's still going to be. Uh, they'll call that another de facto level of postseason play. Because it is a postseason game, it's just not part of the playoff. So you could basically say you got a 12, 12 team playoff, but it's going to come out of what would that be? Ten more teams playing for it if they take the conference champions. The, the conference championship games. They're not, well, the, so for only the first two years now, mm-hmm. only right, in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five will they take? The, will there be six automatic qualifiers? Mm-hmm. The new contract that starts in twenty twenty six will start negotiating probably within the next five six months. That, I believe, will be all at large. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do any any kind of automatic right. qualifiers. They don't want to be handcuffed to anything. No. no. And, and I get it. And, and the point that you had made before, which I pretty much agree with, I like the fact that you can still include a Cinderella in this, which would be the Group of Five uh, champion, the best out of the Group of Five. Uh, but if they were to come into the playoff and get hammered, you're, you're basically contending they, they'll get bored with that. They'll say, we'll st- we want the 12 best. The first, the first playoff will happen in 24, and Alabama will beat whoever. Let's just say it's, you know, Alabama against, I don't know, whoever, uh, right. Troy. They'll beat them, you know, 58-3, to three, and then everybody will say, okay, that ends that. We're mm-hmm. not going to have that anymore. Right. And then you move on. Yeah. And, and look, I, I'm all for it just as far as, you know, getting the idea of a what looks like a true playoff formula that's going to crown a champion. There's too many teams to say everyone gets a fair shot. But they're they're gravitating to the big boys, and that's that's the way it should. Well, the reality be. is, Division One really isn't one. It's not really one division, subdivision, mm-hmm. because there's there's definite tiers within Division One. There's definite tiers within within the football bowl subdivision where you can tell these guys 
talent-wise, are better than these guys. Right. These guys financially are better than these guys. Right. And I know you could say, well, then you're keeping the little guy down. Well, you are, but they're really not in the same. They're really not in the same subdivision. It's mm-hmm. di- they're different. So it's I, I don't feel badly at all about that. It just is what it is. All right. Uh, we have plenty on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures about babies. Uh, we did bring it up, and it definitely kind of kind of took a life of its own. Uh, by the way, in the spirit of Leach, that went way off course. Yeah. Well, whatever we started talking about yeah. went way off. It, 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 it never stops. By the way, uh, Brother Seely uh, sent me the the rundown that Leach had when it comes to planning a wedding. It's just another priceless. Uh, go on that he had i just saw another one on twitter about apparently he had an app where he learned spanish he took spanish lessons during yeah. pregame except he apparently still can't speak he still couldn't speak spanish up until this week he still had no idea how to but he went 800 straight days taking spanish lessons on his phone it's just awesome never stop learning never stop being interesting well he went down the whole thing of look you're gonna get married and they're gonna ask you for your opinion on everything and it will never end. It's not just your wife-to-be. It's not just your fiancé. It's her mother. Uh, it's her other bridesmaids. It's her sister. They're going to ask you everything. Well, you just say you don't want to have to do any decision-making. Just leave it alone. Anyway, he goes down the whole line. And he goes, and the minute you say you don't want to make any decision, well, then you don't care. Well, all right, I'll make a decision. And then they go, well, I don't like that decision. They want to change that decision. And that's just the way it goes. It was it and was he, he's priceless. Like, well, if you say I don't care, I don't care is never a good answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went down, he's like five different things. What do you think about that? I don't care. What do you think about that? I don't care. And, and look, I've, uh, I've tried to give that I don't care uh, answer before to TLD. She does not like it either. That's for sure. All right, off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, Leon, this is from the baby story. Justin on on the north side. Of, I'm sure the doctor would induce labor early in the week for Sunshine Lawrence. So if there, if there was a danger uh, of that baby coming <laughs> yes. Saturday a night, a hero doctor Sunday morning, they will get strict instructions to make sure that that happens. We had but, another guy who was like, JJ, you wouldn't understand unless you have kids. You don't miss your child's birth on purpose. I didn't say on purpose. Right, we were right. saying like up to the point of the game's about to happen. And guess yeah. what? You've never been an NFL quarterback, so you don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but I've met Blake, and there's no chance you're missing your baby's birth. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'll be there. Well, I don't have a game. Mm-hmm. Or I have a very unimportant job compared to Trevor Lawrence. You have a very important job. I yeah. do, yeah. but I'm saying comparatively. You're very good at your job. Look how quickly you turned that wing stop I am the Adrian. Trevor Lawrence of... XL primetime. Yeah. Yeah. You're but, running uh, the show. I'm the leader. Or the CJ. Yeah. But I look at it as Trevor is a father to the rest of the team. That's we why, need him there. That's why at the end of the He has other kids. Did you notice at the end of that video where they were breaking the huddle in the locker room, toe, they bro. were all yelling, Trevor, thank you, Trevor. Or are they? Yes. Thank you. We love you, Trevor. All right. Derek from Indiana said on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, T.Y. Hilton. Had a baby born the day of playing against us. Had the baby morning of the game, then drives to the stadium and balls against us. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. He'll they, be playing against the Jags this week, by the way. Yeah. Just yeah, signed T-Y. for the Cowboys. Yeah. You think he's going to play? I would doubt it. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the beautiful thing about – I think it's more likely Beasley plays up in Buffalo yeah. just because he already knows the system. But the beautiful thing about these playbooks is there's so much language that crosses over. Just take a look at Baker, what Baker was able to do uh, from a Tuesday to a Thursday. He was able to get enough of those plays in, and that's probably the most important play sheet that Sean McVay called in a long time, making sure that he did not put any of those guys in a bad position. But 
Uh, T.Y., I'm sure, is pretty familiar with a lot of that, and, and we'll find out whether or not uh, he steps in. But as we talked about, that Dallas Cowboy team is chock full of weaponry, and this team defensively needs to have an account uh, for all of them. And so, it could it come from C.D. Lamb's the biggest threat. We all know that. But Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, any of those other guys, where else could it come from? So let's talk about the Jaguars' defense a little bit. They are on the practice field right now at TIAA Bank Field. Um, no red contact, non-contact jersey for Andre Sisco today. Okay, that's good. He missed the last two games, as most of you all know, with a shoulder injury. He has worn one in practice because he was limited in practice the last two weeks, but he did practice every single opportunity that he could have mm-hmm. practiced. Uh, Andrew Winger does have a non-contact jersey on. As we know, he suffered that shoulder injury. He wears that in the game sometimes, I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah. So you haven't come around? You haven't yeah. come to the Church of Dewey? I, I, listen, I'm, I'm a Dewey fan. I, all I, I'm seeing on the Twitter timeline right now, all I'm seeing is people who watch Sounds of the Game, people who watched the game on Sunday, and now I'm a Dewey have fan. we seen a character arc do a 180 yeah. like Andrew Winger's? I, I think he frustrates fans. I think he plays hard. Uh, I think he's played better uh, in certain situations this year. Uh, he's much better suited to be a special teamer uh, than he is uh, an everyday starter. That's just the way it is, you know. Also in the linebacking core, I asked Doug Peterson about Chad Muma's status. Um, here is that soundbite with regards to the rookie linebacker who missed Sunday's game with an ankle injury, Devin Lloyd, who had been benched in favor of Chad Muma, came back and started that game. I also asked Doug what he thought of Devin Lloyd on Sunday against the Titans. Chad should be out there today and get him get him moving, so that'll be good to get him back out there. And I thought Devin played probably one of his better games um, You know, this past weekend. Uh, things, things felt a little bit slower, you know, for him, uh, being able to process and, and, and really uh, do a nice job. I think he had, you know, what, seven or eight tackles, I think, you know, combined and, and uh, just did a nice job, you know, and, and uh, he, can, he can build off of that. And That's then, what it comes down to. Right. Well, yeah. then I asked Doug Peterson if Chad Muma is healthy, who's going to be the starter on Sunday against the Cowboys and against that heralded offense you mm-hmm. were just alluding to. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think it'll be – Similar that you know we had last last couple of weeks. I think you know, like Chad, if he's healthy, can can would get the nod, you know, to start, and then and then Devin would be, um, you know, the the backup or the the role player, and and try to get them both in the football game, you know, when he can. You know, he did not want to say that. Could you could you hear that in in his words and his pauses? He did not want to only say because that. you traded up into the first round to get yeah, the guy. Yeah, and, but and only because he's playing out of position right yeah, now. Yeah, and you and figured was, it out for the other two guys. Why not with this guy? Yeah, that was a bulky decision, not not a Doug decision. So you know, let's let's one guy's coaching, the other guy's picking the personnel. But he did not want to say that. But that's basically what is happening. So Devin Lloyd, by sitting down, Leon probably got to see something that probably made him hurt and missed the game a little bit more, probably did pay attention a little bit more. Doesn't mean it's going to make him a better player, but at the very least he was able to get out there and have another opportunity, and now they're, they're basically fighting it out. It's too even, Stephen uh, Katz. Oh, I mean, it was interesting some of the things that Doug Peterson said. He said uh, it slowed down, and he was able to process, mm-hmm. which lets me know that maybe it's been a little bit overwhelming for the kid. Yep. Early on in the season, reason why he's not playing, he's got all the athletic attributes to be an outstanding linebacker, but you got to have the, the mental fortitude as well. So, I mean, when he says slow and process, just lets, makes me think that you know the kid's been a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, in, I don't doubt in, in, the, in the defense. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying football. I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking about the defense that's, that he has to has to run. I mean, because we know the kids are stud. We've seen them play. At the highest level of Utah, I mean, he's just in a 
He's just in a scheme right now where it's taking them longer and to process. Re- remember what you said, Aluakon had to line him up, so that actually hurt two guys in that yeah. linebacker. Yeah. You see, if you're the middle linebacker and you sit in the table for everybody to eat, you 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 can't be pin you can't be you can't be doing everybody's job is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. At some particular point, you got to hold accountability for yourself to know what the hell you're doing. And 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 I'm I'm not sure Devin Lloyd at at time. Well, I am sure because he's been benched. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure Devin Lloyd at times has just been overwhelmed, and he's a rookie. And um, sometimes being on the bench is a humbling experience, mm-hmm. and to where you got to get your you know what together. Yeah. How, how much of it? And and I know we got to hit the break here in a second, but how much of it? As we now look at this season, thirteen games in, how much of it is? Mike Caldwell came to Jacksonville with a system that he ran in Tampa with Todd Bowles that was linebacker heavy, but maybe the linebackers they had in Tampa are or aren't similar to the linebackers that they added here in Jacksonville. How much of it is that and not adapting to, well, this is who you have. This is what they can do. They're still talented linebackers, but maybe in a different mold than Devin White and Levante David. Yeah, I mean, when you say Devin uh the guys, the linebacker court in Tampa, I mean, I mean, they're superior. You're talking about all pros there. You're talking about guys that have been in the business for a minute. And in this defense right here, you're talking about two rookie starts. I mean, I mean, the growth chart is like, mm-hmm. is just outrageous. I mean, in Tampa, I mean, he could probably just lay down the game plan and they off and run it. Exactly. Here you got to, you know, like Gerber, you got you to gotta feed the baby every now and then to make sure they understand <laughs> what they're doing, you know. So and he's ha- he's probably having to do a lot more teaching now than he ever did. Right, and not even mentioning Shaq Barrett and the guy in the middle in yeah. Vita that's making, that's, that's taking up a lot mm-hmm. of blockers so they can run wild. There's not that guy uh, in the middle of this defense right now, unfortunately. Um, yeah, he'd like to have. Uh, guys with more experience and, and 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 know that they could execute the game plan, but he's got to deal with what he's got because there are so many new faces in new places and and basically newbies on this on this football team, particularly on that side of the ball. Which you know, I I, I like the idea. At the very least, it took them a long time. I like the idea that they're turning the corner a little bit and starting to figure out spots that suit that individual the best. All right, you guys can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures on the Cowboys, what you think about the chances for them to win this football game and keep it rolling after coming out of Nashville with a big W over the tight. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. A lot of NFL, a lot of Jags talk, but the college bowl game season does heat up this weekend. Florida among the first games to be played in the Las Vegas Bowl coming up this Saturday. But I also want to touch on this. This is a fun little saucy nug, JJ, if I've I've heard one. Will Anderson, the first two-time unanimous All-American in Alabama's history. That one surprises me, Matt Hayes. I can't. I can't believe we hadn't had a two-time unanimous All-American out of the Crimson Tide before now. In history, yes, that's according to Alabama's website. Wow, that's interesting. That's a saucy nug. That's a, that's a great saucy, saucy nug. I can't I, imagine how one of those. I guess it's not that surprising because everyone has to vote for you. You know, it's not like you're just uh, all American. It's all twice. five of the. It's all five of the. They have like five. 
publications. Five publications. Oh, okay. It's like, it's so like the AP. So all five have and, to vote for you twice. And you Football Writers Association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like five That's of them. That's hard to do. Yeah, it, it is. It is. I think part of it is just the fact that so many of these Alabama players don't really ascend <clears throat> to a starting role until maybe their sophomore year or their junior year. Yeah, and then by the yeah, time they possible. are named All-American, they're off to the NFL. Yeah. So with Will Anderson, you know, that's very surprising. Getting actually. a jump start and cracking the starting lineup earlier, that's probably why he had the upper hand. Like Jonathan Allen, I guess he wasn't either. Yeah, I'm trying to think of those defensive linemen, but yeah, I guess, I guess not. Wow. Josie oh. surprised Will Anderson, the first two-time unanimous All-American in Alabama history. I, I, I maybe not. All right, here's the one that got me more than anything else. This may not. Um, be as big as when you first found out that Alabama had never had a Heisman Trophy winner. That one happened. Right. Uh, but even was, like the old school guys, like Leroy Jordan and all them, like the, none of those guys were two-time unanimous All-Americans? Yeah, and I, I, honestly, I'm thinking of Hightower. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, a lot of guys that came through Upshaw, all those guys. But just trying to remember, Jonathan Allen was a great player. Yeah. Great player. And he was phenomenal. He was top top five. When he, when he went he was, to Washington, yeah, yeah. it was top ten at the very yeah, least. At the I'm very least, sure. yeah, he was a first round pick. Yeah, and so Quentin uh, Williams, mm-hmm. I think he was a one time, one year guy. I think yeah, because he, he was a junior when he left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And let's also not forget what Mia said earlier is you know they just jet off to the National Football League, right. but there were guys in waiting. That's why yeah, Nick had tiered. that run yeah. where guys just stepped in immediately. How are they going to replace? Uh, eight eight draft picks, uh, three of them in the first round. Well, they just had the next uh, flight of them come through. That's basically none of those receivers working. either. Think about that. None mm-hmm. of those receivers. Yeah, well, I think nine of them in the first round. He's yeah, had. They, none they, of them were consensus. Yeah. And, but and they had a great run up until this year because the receivers wow. were not particularly good this year, as we noted. And I uh, would say that Georgia got all the good receivers, but even that is a uh, left up for question because how good was Georgia's receiving core yeah. outside of the tight end Brock Bowers? Right. Right. And they were deep. Lab McConkey's probably the best receiver, and he was a three-star, almost and basically a walk-on. Yeah. Well, you figure. I don't. I don't there's probably another comparison that you are comparable that you would throw out there, but a walk-on quarterback that beat out five stars, and then on the receiving end, McConkey to get what he got productivity-wise for the Bulldogs. Has there ever been a pair of players that like that that had to walk on to earn scholies? Honestly. Uh. I, at a major major team like that, like Hunter Renfro was a walk on. He was right. on the other side of Deshaun or Trevor throwing him the ball, right? Yeah. Those were big time stars. But a walk on quarterback and a walk on. Well, I mean, to be fair about the receiver position, they had a lot of injuries too last year yeah. and this year for that matter. Uh-huh. So it allowed last year that allowed McConkey to step in there and play, yeah. and he played really well. Oh, that's crazy. How and once played. you play well, you know, there yeah. you go. Yeah. And, and he did, yeah. He definitely take advantage of your opportunities, just like any of yeah, them. And, and yeah. look, they're they're. But Stetson, he beat out multiple five stars, not just a five right, stars. Yeah. right, and, and and more than one class of five yeah, stars, and a couple four stars too. With that, that Carson came Beck in there. and and Dewana. Mathis. Mathis, yeah. 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 Well, Crimson Tide and the Dogs don't play their bowl game until the final week of December on New Year's Eve. A couple of these other bowl games actually kick off Friday. We got the Nassau Bahamas Bowl. Um, That is coming up 11.30 a.m. Friday Mm -hmm. between Miami of Ohio and UAB. And then I really like this one. Talk Where's about- everybody out on the eleven point line though? Before we leave this, game? yeah. Okay, so we want to. Okay, let's touch on Would that. Someone, do we want to talk know. about Trent Dilfer? Will he actually go to the Bahamas since he is the new incoming coach at UAB? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Will he be there? 
He might. What, what, what will he do besides Tri- sit on the beach? Yeah, trip to the Bahamas. I think it's it's warranted. I I got to go. I I have to work, honey. Uh, I need to go to the Bahamas. But an eleven point line. I always like grabbing the dogs early in these bowl games. But I'm not sure about so that. So you like Miami of Ohio? Yeah, to with cover 11. with eleven. Didn't Miami of Ohio have like I thought they had like a crazy good running back? They beat too. Notre Dame. No, that's no. Marshall. Oh, Marshall. That's Marshall. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that, it's not yeah. the running back. Then and that Miami, don't confuse with this Miami, but sometimes uh, these days that can happen, you know. By the way, Jack's going all black Sunday. Oh. Okay. All black. Yeah. Roll with it. Blackout at the bank. Yeah. Roll with it. Uh, that could be bad. That could be their dressing for their own funeral. <laughs> I, I just Thank want, you, JJ. Yeah, I just want them to include as much teal as they possibly can. That is our color. There's going to be no, no teal else's. in that thing. Yeah. None. Yeah, they'll have a little... Like a little teal trim. Nike teal, mark, and that's tongue. about it. Just trim. the teal tongue. I don't the think trim. there's any any teal at all in these black jerseys. Like, I'm looking at them. And I'm, yeah. May, the collar. The collar's got a little teal. Like, we need to have. With, and the when tongue. It, when, the they're wearing, tongue. when they're wearing black, it needs to be teal numerals. It really yeah. does. Or teal outline of white would yeah. be kind of cool. Like, yeah, exactly. Just give me some. Give me, teal is our <laughs> color. Gold in other colors. Black in other colors. White, or excuse me, in other teams' colors. All of them. This is the only team that has teal on it. That absolutely man. could be their own funeral. Yeah, hundred well, percent. That was a good line, JJ. That was a good line. Uh, That's a the other, smart line. By the way. other bowl game Friday that has my attention: uh, number twenty-five UTSA, number twenty-four Troy. Mm-hmm. That is down the road from us in Orlando in the Cure Bowl. Mm-hmm. UTSA, meet me. Been uh, quietly over the last two, three years, just emerging down there in San Antonio. Uh, I'm a modder of one Roy Robertson Harris. Correct me if I'm wrong. So that's a fun one. Well, San Antonio's uh, been able to build things back up a little bit, which is nice. What's the Cure Bowl? The Cure Bowl. Cure. Uh, so it's uh, breast, breast cancer, cancer research. Oh, yeah, breast right, cancer research. Yes. Yep, yeah. yep. And then uh, and Troy. There are three bowls in Orlando. Troy is a program yeah. that I mean, when Neil Brown left for West Virginia, Matt. I mean, Troy kind of went into the dumpster of all dumpsters. And then and then came back this yeah, year came nicely. Back. They won the conference. Yeah. I have a thousand yard rusher. In Kamani Vidal, so I mean, hey, listen, that could be a spicy little three o'clock game once we say goodbye on XL Primetime on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, and then yes, on Saturday, that's when the fun really begins. I am so excited for the Fenway Bowl, mm-hmm. the Wasabi Fenway Bowl between Cincinnati and Louisville. Have you guys seen these aerial shots with the two side? So the sidelines are next to each other. Yes, yeah. the teams. The teams yeah. are going to be sitting on that's the same the way. It's configured with those stadiums. Yes. With the Green Monster. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there is the Scott Satterfield storyline of him leaving Louisville for mm-hmm. Cincinnati. He says he won't be there. He won't be picking a sideline. Not that he would have to pick one. Because... Yeah, he's going from one to the other. He definitely would be on that one side. That's the way I would uh, – I'm, I'm coaching the winner is basically how he would look at it. Right. And then but the Florida Gators at 2.30 p.m. local time here. Um, it'll be 11.30 a.m. in Las Vegas. And what's crazy, I know a lot of people have been complaining, is the fact that they're getting the A-team. They got McAfee on the call, Laura Rutledge, mm-hmm. Herbie. They're getting the big the big boys. Well, that's because what happens uh, in Vegas stays in Vegas, and they all want that assignment. They're all like, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and take that Vegas Bowl. We got no problem with that. Uh, Leon's the only one that's warned us against the, uh, the, the, the price gouging that takes place in Vegas. A little pricey. Well, yeah, you got to make business decisions. You got to make a business decision to order a sandwich, babe. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I went to the I went to the pool and got a, a double vodka and OJ, thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that no more.
Yeah, it happens fast. Bring your own bottle. Yeah, exactly. It happens fast. All right, Big Search, you are out the door. Yep, I'm here. You can. Uh, you don't have to take a bottle this afternoon, but you can. No. You can go anywhere you want. There you go. Enjoy it. All right. Uh, at Leon Sorcy Jr. One on social media. That is his new Twitter handle. Is people still tag him with the old one, but he can't get to the old one. So make sure you do it. We should uh, talk still to live? Elon about that. Honestly. I believe he's still alive. Still yes. live. Yeah. 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 You should. Tweeted go ahead Elon. And just, yeah, he DM does Musk. respond to a lot of randoms. Huh? Yeah, DM Elon. And D- just Elon? go ahead and ask him. He it. may you answer. It up? Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's say hello to Dr. Bari. We'll circle back to that Trayvon Walker high ankle injury. Not a sprain, a high ankle injury. That and a whole lot more coming up next. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. Coming in. I love when he dances his way into the building. Not even into the studio. He dances his way into the building. Geo joins us now. Dr. George Barry with the Barry Breakdown. If you've got... It's not a glide to me. Oh, yeah. Moonwalk. Yeah, yeah. Got the kicks, you know. If you've got a sports injury, something that is affecting you, we're going to talk about sports injuries, but if you have any of them yourself, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Six four one ten ten, and you can ask uh, Gio a question about uh, shoulder pain, elbow pain, knee, whatever it might be. As we get into it, Doc, you, you're looking sharp. You're looking good. Uh, things things going well today. You know, I've had like five people ask me that. Yeah, and yes, they are going the good. Answer is yes. Because I don't know if I, if I look like something's going wrong. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> no. you got a, little, you got a glow okay? about you. A glow? Actually. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know. I guess because I'm I'm going to be on vacation next week. Okay, so there well, you go. There you Getting go. ready yeah. for the holidays. I thought you know. You might have news for us, you know, if you're glowing. I got no news. I'm or, not pregnant. Or, you know, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Dr. Barry, I had no idea. Um, hey, if you are pregnant, will you skip an NFL game yeah, to yeah. deliver said baby? That's the million-dollar question. Or if your wife is pregnant, will you uh, still skip the game if the if, if the baby is born? It became a hot topic I would, if my, uh I would not go to the game if my wife is about to have a baby. Is that the yeah. question? Yes. Yeah. What if the yes. game meant you're in the playoffs or not in the playoffs? doesn't matter. Good man. Come on. You're not. You're just not a natural leader like Trevor. That's all. <laughs> all right. So let's get into a handful of them because Kyler Murray will not be around on Sunday. Unfortunately, I mean he's the he's the headliner this week when it comes to sports injuries, Doc. And it just absolutely sucks uh, that a guy that they were hoping, pinning their hopes, because they guaranteed him a lot of money, uh, and he's just running down the field, Doc, as you have described so often, a non-contact yep. ACL. You know, there's there's nothing. Out of the ordinary for for ACL tears, no right. one touches you, and seventy percent of all ACL tears are non-contact. Mm-hmm. And he is now one of them. I believe now there's forty on the year for NFL ACL tears. So we're at forty with him, and and really a couple guys came out over the weekend, yeah. including a, a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, but for Kyler Murray, he tears it in December. He's not going to be a hundred percent until September of next year, if that. Yeah. You know, some of these guys are trying to do the accelerated protocol, which is six months. There's a couple NFL guys that have done that. But I think the the studies show over and over again, the quicker you come back from uh, before nine months, the higher the chance of re-injury. Although they're trying to push a six-month thing. So he may come back in six months, but really still the standard is nine months. Plus who he is. His game is based on his ability to go off schedule, make plays with his legs, you know. Juke people. Right. He's not doing that after six months, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, Adrian Peterson did, but, you know, he's 
He he's is the exception, the absolute not exception the rule. The Dallas Cowboy that suffered that torn ACL, Terrence Steele, their right tackle, their left tackle, meanwhile, Tyron Smith, was designated to return, has not actually been elevated to the 53-man roster for this Sunday's game against the Jaguars. But he suffered a – I want to make sure that I get this right. Um, so he had a torn hamstring. Here it is. Okay. So it is an avulsion fracture of the knee is what it went down, is, is what, according to CBS Sports back in August, when he suffered this injury during the preseason. Um which I find interesting because here it is. Yeah, so so at first they thought it was a torn hamstring. That was the initial report. They thought it was a torn hamstring. Then a further report from the NFL Network clarified that it was an avulsion fracture in his knee, which involves the hamstring tendon tearing off of the bone, mm. and they targeted then a December return. So this would be his first game back from that injury. So an, avul- so an avulsion fracture, avulsion means the tendon is still attached, but it ripped the bone off where it's attached. Okay, so the tendon didn't come off. There's a piece of bone. The piece of bone where the tendon is attached came off. Happens uh, more commonly in children because uh, the growth plates are open, so that bone is weak. So it takes, uh, takes the bone Happened off. my daughter, it. her ACL, same thing. Exactly. So mm-hmm. kids are very common. They, they, they don't tear their ACL. They get an avulsion fracture where the ACL inserts. Now, when someone says hamstring avulsion fracture in an adult, usually what it is, it's your biceps. You have a biceps in your arm. You also have one in your leg called the biceps femoris. It attaches at the fibular head, that little fibula. We talked about the proximal fibular fracture last week. Mm-hmm. So that little knot you have on the outside of your knee, that's your fibular head. It attaches there. And you can get an avulsion fracture of that where the biceps pulls on that, the uh, fibular head and avulses it. A lot of times you don't have to do anything because it's just minimally displaced, which means not very far. There's still very close. Now, if they're far from each other, if the, the piece that's ripped off is nowhere in the zip code, then you got to fix it. But if it's just a little pool and it's still right there, you can non-operative uh, treatment and let it heal. That's what I'm assuming he has, although it's, you know, they're vague about it, but that's the only thing that comes to mind. So that was suffered end of August. They said back in August he was on track for a December return. It is going to be December 19th when the Jaguars and the Cowboys meet. December 18th. 18th. December 18th when the Cowboys and the Jaguars meet. Uh, what could we expect for someone coming off of that injury, though, especially playing the left tackle position? Well, I mean, he's now 15 weeks. If you and if you count September to November, mm-hmm. that's 12, and then the rest of where we got now. So eight weeks to heal, 12, eight to 12 weeks to heal, right? So he's just finished healing about a month ago, maybe two months ago. The question is going to be: Is his uh, hamstring um, going to be able to sustain the whole game without cramping or being sore or being tired? And that's going to be the real question. If he's healed at 12 weeks, it's healed, right? There's really nothing to worry about. The question is going to be how's the quality of his hamstring muscle-wise, endurance-wise, to be able to go back and play like he normally does. All right, so Trayvon Walker, and help me with this if I'm wrong with this verbiage here, Mia, he's got a, he has an upper ankle injury. They're not saying High, it, high they're ankle not, injury. They're not calling it a high ankle sprain, okay? Hmm. High ankle injury, and they're saying he's day-to-day, which if you have a high ankle sprain, you are not day-to-day, correct? Most likely high ankle sprain, if confirmed with MRI, you're, you're right on crutches for for a little bit because it's, it's pretty sore. So Wait, what, for, so for, could it just be like a bone bruise or? It, you know, yeah. So the question is, is it a high ankle as in like they're just someone who's telling the press is just saying, oh, it's up there higher up on the ankle? Or is it 
high ankle because it's a high ankle sprain. Right. <laughs> so, a good question. So two things on that front. Number one, the Jaguar social team uh, posted a video yesterday of Trayvon at the shop with the Jaguar event. He was not on crutches. You couldn't tell if he had a boot or something on, but he was not on crutches. He was walking around a Walmart with young Jaguar fans buying them gifts. Uh, but it should also be noted that apparently he is not at practice right now, but neither is Trevor Lawrence. And uh, we saw what he did without practice last week. Uh, you know, I, I would be worried if it's a high ankle sprain. He's not on crutches, which is a very good sign. Questionable whether he's in, in a boot or not. Uh, but if it's a high ankle sprain, you're probably not going to come back in a week. You know, they, we've all seen that they're usually at least two, three weekers when you have a pretty bad, when you have a high ankle sprain at least. Uh, worse ones being longer than that. Right. So that's the question is whoever's releasing this info, are they actually being medical, saying this is actual high ankle strain medically, or they're just giving a location based on what it looks like? Well, it was right. the head coach who released it. So, I mean, right. he... well, he's not medical. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, would, you would think someone from the medical staff told him that. Well, right? he also said that they didn't get the results of the MRI, which is like not true, I'm sure. I'm sure right. they got it the moment it finished. Right. But. right. All right, sports injury question. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime and closure 641-1010. Hit Dr. Barry with it. If we miss it today, we'll put it on Breaking Bones, which will be Sunday morning at 730 as we kick off the day right before the kickoff show, getting ready for the Jags and the Dallas Cowboys. So, Doc, you see, you hear a receiver in Tyler Boyd very early in the game. First series, goes out for a pass, doesn't catch it, comes back, grimacing in pain, dislocated finger. Youch, man! Yeah. Uh, how bad is that? And they're expecting uh, a potential a couple of games being missed. So, how significant would that be? You know, fingers dislocated is one of the more common things. You can grab a jersey and it twists and dislocate your finger. That gets reduced usually on the sideline. They'll numb you up with some lidocaine, numb the finger up, and pop it back in. Now, you can play, go back in. Uh, you tape it up and can go back in. The problem is, that, especially as a receiver, you're trying to catch it, uh, but you can, in theory, you shouldn't, but a lot of mm-hmm. players have definitely gone back and played after dislocated fingers and buddy tape it and right. go back in. The question is, if he dislocates a finger, do you have a fracture with it? Because you can get little fractures with dislocations, which can change how you treat it. The fact that he's going to only be out a couple games yeah. makes me think it's not. A, there's no fracture. It's just a pure dislocation. And at that point in time, what you worry about is your mobility. The moment you dislocate the finger, it's going to be very stiff and very hard to make a fist and, and try to grab something. So maybe that's the issue. But uh, really, there's no, no sequela to it, mm-hmm. as in like no bad residual effects except for your finger's going to be a little swollen forever. You've seen all those ex-NFL players' knuckles because they all dislocate and arthritic. And when is he going to be able to get his range of motion back? Right. All right, so and you said Trevor's not practicing, right, Mia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not today. Okay, so he's not practicing. So if he does have what – I mean, starting to look like turf toe, Right. Well, he looked. I mean, he, he looked fine. He looked okay to me. I don't know. Right, if but if he's not practicing again, yeah. my point is, could this be a situation for the rest of the year where he's just not practicing, but he's playing? It could be. Like, it could yeah. be if he has a turf toe where it gets aggravated during the game. They just let him rest throughout the week, so then when he goes back in, it doesn't hurt in the next game. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't don't invite uh, more opportunity. Right. But the thing I like more than anything else that scramble run for a score. Boom. He committed. He made a decision. Stuck his foot in the ground. Yeah, yeah. And, and put his foot in the ground and took off. And, and I thought that was huge for him, just in terms of, you know, you and I are looking at like, okay, every he responded when he needed to in an instant and had no – didn't look like any ill effects. Right. He looked fine the whole game. He wasn't limping. He wasn't doing anything. I mean, is there a chance he got some numbing medicine? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> they do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
I get numbing medicine and I just fall over. <laughs> but yeah, he like looked that, okay. Like that Browns fan yeah. that we saw on social right, media, right. I just fall over. Whether they did anything or not, whatever they did or they didn't do, he looked okay. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And a turf toe, you can definitely numb it up. This is not like it's a fracture you're going to make it worse, right? It's, it's something that's just very annoying. Right. And so you can definitely just numb it up for the game just to get through it and then deal with it later. All, All right. right. Now, yeah. I was going to say, let's hit one off the text line. Mm-hmm. Design a lifetime enclosure, 641-1010, the number to reach us at. And, of course, breaking bones on Sunday. So if we don't get to your question today, then Joe and Dr. Bari will on Sunday. This one courtesy of 9684. Dr. Bari, I have severe pain in my hip, especially in the morning. When I get up, it's snap, crackle, pop. I seem to have lost strength in lifting that leg. I also have lost range of motion and cannot properly raise that foot to tie my shoe. My PCP has referred me to a pain management specialist, but I feel as though I need to go see an orthopedic doctor. What course would you recommend? Uh, Sounds like just based on this text message that there's some arthritic component, limited range of motion, snap, crackle, pop, like grinding sensation, right? When you get arthritis, you get all that snap popping and, and, and very limited range of motion, very difficult to move that joint. I would get an x-ray. If you have arthritis, you know, the only thing a pain management doctor that I recommend that could do for you is maybe do a cortisone shot or a PRP shot. But other than that, uh, I do not recommend getting on pain medication to start that because we all know the issues of pain medicine. Plus, if you start pain medicine before you do a, a joint replacement or any surgery, the chances of controlling your pain after surgery are it's very difficult to do that, and all the studies show that. So if you start pain medicine for an injury, then decide to get a surgery on it, you're going to have a lot of pain after surgery because it's going to become very difficult to control the pain. So I'd recommend getting x-ray. And if you are arthritic and you decide, look, this is bad enough where I can't move and I can't function, just get, go straight to the hip replacement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and definitely find out about it. Uh, we're talking about a fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews, so he is your orthopedic surgeon that can definitely help you. BariOrthopedics.com. You can check out uh, Doc on, on the gram. On Instagram, yeah. Dr. George Barry. Dr. George Barry. And I'm trying to populate mine, 1010 Joe C. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get Joe is going to buy those fake followers. I have yeah. to stop yeah. him. Yeah. I love that Gio's got his uh, everybody over at the office helping him out, too. Because yeah. yeah. he'll be doing the surgery. Someone else is filming it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, listen, he's got a media director uh, <laughs> behind him. All right, Doc, we will talk to you on Sunday morning. Enjoy. All right. Thanks, guys. As always, Thank Dr. You. George Bari. We're going to say hello to another one of our fundraisers here in the city of Jacksonville and 1010XL coming up on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Two o'clock hours here at XL Primetime hanging out. Raise your hand if you were surprised when Billy Napier told you he'd never been to Vegas. Uh, he just sounds like just an old Southern boy. I've never been west of the Mississippi before. <laughs> I mean, when Donna read that one, it just kind of cracked me Has up. Has he been north of the Mason-Dixon? <laughs> yeah. Come on. A lot of people don't want to go to Vegas. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this or not. I don't know that. Actually, I do not know that to be true. Uh, this next uh, individual probably would like to be there. Drop him in right now. Uh, he is a guy that is a AM guy, not a PM guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. ET. Now, 
I said uh, going into the break that we're getting another one of our fundraisers. And so E has been doing this really cool thing for the last handful of years. Want to jump on. Exact. And uh, and look, dude, I can look in the uh, in the producer's room and you've got plenty of people bringing stuff. So tell everybody what you're doing and how and how they can help. So what I do. Uh, All right. Now, listen, you're in radio now, so you got to pull that close to you. My bad. I'm, yeah. I act like you've been there before. <laughs> um, so for the past five years, I, uh, I've been doing a uh, sock drive. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't know is socks are the least donated or the least re- the least donated, but most requested item by the less fortunate. Right. And how it all started was one year I was leaving. I was just out hanging out partying late with my friends. Mm-hmm. As I was walking to my car, there was a homeless gentleman sleeping on a cardboard box. Already hit my heart, mm-hmm. but his feet were sticking out. It was cold outside. One thing I do is I hate when my feet is cold, and so I had a hoodie on at the time. So I took my hoodie off. I covered his feet. Like man, I got to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I gathered some of my closest friends and relatives together. Uh, we we gathered about two hundred pairs of socks. We went down. To, we put fancy little ribbons on them. We went and passed them out downtown. Like oh man, that's cool. I should do this annually. So I went from one year to doing two hundred pairs of socks. The next year I did five hundred. The following year, I did 700. The year after that, I did 548 kits, which had uh, two pairs of socks, a bottle of water, hand sanitizer, uh, face mask because it was around COVID, right? and um, washcloths. Mm -hmm. Because these are all things that, again, we take these things for granted, but these are things that they need. So a couple years ago, I had a sneaker ball for my birthday party. Mm -hmm. So we all, like a lot of my family and friends, we dressed up. Put on, we got real, oh, I got clean, Joe. I got clean. Put the tailor suit on, and we put tennis shoes on. The, the ladies, they wore dresses with, with sneakers. Mm-hmm. There were 80 people that was invited. That was the max that I could have had. 140 people showed up. And till this day, people are upset that they did not get an invite to that sneaker ball because <laughs> it, was, it was legit. It was a nice location and everything. So this year, I had the idea to, to mix the sneaker ball and the sock drive together. Beautiful. And now I got the socket to me, sneaker gala. Mm-hmm. And so people can, and it's open to the public. I got, I rented out a nice venue, the WJCT building across from Daly's Place downtown. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, I got a DJ. I got a live band who's who who's won Grammys because we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a good time all while supporting a good cause. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, man. It's just you know my way of giving back. I'm a natural gifter, and like again, we take these things for granted: socks, underwear, blankets, stuff like that. We take it for granted, and so when you see people that need it, you know, give out a lend a hand. The, the J Fund really inspires me. What Tom Coughlin does with the people, because oh. again, you forget about those. Because th- if when you're not in that situation, you don't think about it. But you put yourself in that situation, like, dang, what would I do? Right, and right. that's where we at. So financially, are you collecting? Do- when you say you're collecting donations, are you collecting money so that you go out and you buy the socks and you buy the hand sanitizer, or is it people donating that they can donate the socks? Great question, Mia. So what I do is so for um, for the ticket sales because you can purchase a ticket on Eventbrite at sock it the number two me, and if you want to come and, and be a part of it, come and be a part of it. And all the proceeds that we, we make is going towards socks, hand sanitizers, and other essential needs. For those who can't make it, who still want to be a part of it, I have a GoFundMe mm-hmm. where same thing. You type in sock it the number two me sneaker gala, and it'll pop right up. And you need like. You can always use volunteers, correct? Oh, yeah, man. You know, um, so how do they get a hold of you to volunteer? Man, on Instagram, on Twitter, call a station, Facebook, whatever. I'm easily accessible. Um, and I could use the help because, again, like, people, it, it's, it's more than just donating dollars. It's more than just dropping socks off, you know. Um, 
the reason I used to hit the pavement, mm-hmm. go downtown and literally hand out the socks. Yeah, I've done it for years, but last year was a, a tough time for me because I was in school, I was dealing with family issues, mm-hmm. and it was just me. So imagine having a thousand pairs of socks and and you have to bag all that stuff up, and it's just you. So now what I do is just I, I just bring a check. I have a relationship with the folks at Soulsbacher, mm-hmm. and I'm, I know what they want, I know what they need, and you know I just present them with the check and let them do what they need to do. Cool, cool. And you can drop stuff off here if you want to, which oh. you have already had oh, dozens. Yeah. They're of doing shoes. it. They're doing it. Yeah, in <laughs> socks. And so uh, new do- new socks though, Please. right? Yeah, not yeah. used socks. Yeah. Right. Steel D and I would go out and buy the socks and everything and bring them to E and. And so it is easy. You can do it any number of ways. Right. But remember, Eventbrite, socket to me with the number two in it. Socket to me. Yeah. And then also. Uh, GoFundMe. Same GoFundMe. thing. Socket, the number two me. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm encouraging y'all to come out because it's going to be a good time. If, if y'all know me, know I know how, how to have a good time. <laughs> and this gala is Saturday. No, this Friday. No, this Friday. This Friday from okay. 7 p.m. to 11. There it is. Again, it's going to be food. I got 360 photo booths. It's going to be raffles. It's uh-huh. going to be a good time. All right, good. So make sure that's WJCT downtown right across from the stadium. Uh, and you can get to Eventbrite and find it. Socket to me with the number two or reach out to E. All right, uh, that's good stuff, E. Uh, I appreciate you. Love it, bro. And I appreciate right, Tim, for, Tim for even giving me the platform because, again, a lot of my supporters, it comes from this right here. Exactly. So, Jacksonville, you know, help your boy out. Holla at your boy. Thank you, man. Come it's on, like somebody. We have said we, we are Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is 1010, and, and they help as much as they possibly can, uh, which is awesome. All right, Mia, before we get ready for uh, I-9 Sports, our high school half hour, uh, Jordan Hall is going to jump on with us. Justin Barney is going to jump on with us, but you're heading down to hear from Trevor. Yes, Trevor Lawrence not practicing today, but is still scheduled to meet with the media coming up at 2.30, mm-hmm. so keep it locked to the 1010XL social channels for reports from what Trevor has to say. All right, beautiful. All right, you'll be heading down there. Uh, we will keep it going because it's getting close to where these players are going to make decision, the early signing period, opening up, signing on the dotted line, all that stuff coming up, so we will talk a little crouton uh, for you college football fans, of course, keep you up to date with everything that's going on uh, with your Jacksonville Jaguars. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. They always bring you Wednesday's show, and every day they want to bring you a great golf experience. So make sure you call the Golf Club of Southampton at 287-PLAY. And I've seen it firsthand with the tournaments that we have done and have been out there for. They can put on a tournament for you. And don't forget about their Friday nights on the patio music, a special menu item from Chef Gary. Uh, and it's always a fun time where you can just – just enjoy yourself under the stars at a beautiful golf course. Check it all out at the Golf Club of Southampton. The High School Half Hour, brought to you by I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be. Log on I-9sports.com. I-9 Sports, Nassau. They would love to have I-9 Sports up there as well. They're working on it, but St. John's Clay and Duval, they have covered the Tri-County area to make sure that they give you as much as they can in youth sports. And they're looking for referees, officials. So if you want to be part of it, you can keep the game going. All you got to do is email Jacksonville at i9sports.com. They are cranking all over the First Coast year-round. Kids ages 3 to 17. And we're talking flag football, basketball, soccer, and t-ball. They are involved in all of them. And we talk a lot of football here. Kids come through i9 sports and then head on to whatever sport that they love the most. But recruiting is coming up, and Jordan Hall is one of the bigger stories in the city of Jacksonville 
uh, as he looks around to decide on where he is going to go. We're talking about a big kid, Maddie. He's a defensive lineman, six four and a half, three hundred pounds. Plays at West Side. Uh, can move people around. A four star that's got uh, well a lot of schools interested in him, uh, including Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, FSU. They are all in on this kid. And so we'll hopefully be able to talk to Jordan Hall coming up. Number 73 overall, by the way. Yeah, as far as the overall the rank. Yeah. In the country, yeah. yeah overall that, uh, player, yeah. I mean, that really is. And, and heck, you could look at one of them. Uh, just uh, 24-7 has another ranking for him. They have him 55th, and that may, you know, that's may their, fall. That's their specific yeah, ranking. The their composite is 73. 73. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's pretty good. Yeah. And so, look. They're specific. It has him the number six defensive lineman in the nation. Right. And we know that there are a lot of good recruits that are coming out of the First Coast and in Florida, and everyone else is going to be looking for them. We have been treated to a lot of them, Trayon Webb, and, and on and on and on with the players that are on First Coast football fields Friday night. They've all wrapped up their, their seasons. They're all done. Uh, but now it comes to that early signing period, and we know it as well as anybody, that this early signing period has become maybe more important than what's happening in the February month, yeah, because it's just way basically more, way more important. Yeah. I have an update on Jordan yeah. Hall. He will not be joining us because he oh. is uh, talking to Alabama at oh. a visit right now. So do you mean m- to tell me Nick Saban might have gotten in the way of our interview? Do you mean to tell me that Nick zoomed Jordan <laughs> Hall right before we called him? Well, what's interesting? He set up a chat cafe. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> so I'll tell you what's interesting is that it's that a, son of a gun. You know, 24-7 has his, his crystal ball predictions mm-hmm. where they predict who it's going to be. And right now it's it's 66.7% Georgia, 33.3% Florida State. I don't see Alabama anywhere. Well, they've got Freddie Roach. But Alabama, him. by the way, is, is, is – Basically building a class that's going to be close to what Texas A&M had last year mm-hmm. right now. Their the class by, is ridiculous. By building, do you mean billing people to pay for that class? Is that, yeah, is that basically billing what you're talking building, about? Yeah, it's probably, probably a good way to look at that. That savage Nick Saban just stole Jordan Hall from us. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, I have some interesting news on the Jags injury front. So if you guys will check your Twitter, this guy added uh-huh. you. His name is... T Jizzle nine oh four. I want to thank you for this. Love it. He sent us a picture of Trayvon like at a Christmas party, mm-hmm. and he's wearing ugly sweater. Everyone's having a good That's time. Awesome. You look down, he's in a walking boot. Yeah, there it is, right there. I see it. That's All our right. second boot pick in as many that weeks. A That's a hundred. That's a real boot, though, not right. like Trevor's. That's a hardcore all the way to the knee boot. T yeah. Jizzle, thank you for that uh, because yeah, and, and you know. I, I just I look at it like, okay, let's stabilize that area. We asked Dr. George Barry about it earlier and you know how significant it can be. It was described as a high ankle injury, not a high ankle sprain. But yeah, that when you see that, you can't help it. No, By the way, if it was if it was a bone bruise, he's not wearing a boot like no, that. No, no, this is this, this is, is an more, ankle problem. Yeah, this yeah. is but yeah, but it's it's all movement. It's, yeah, it's all the it's joint limiting and, the movement. Yeah. And I wouldn't even—I don't even know whether it could have just gotten folded over just a little bit, and they're just going to try and see if it day to day if it responds. Because high ankle sprains is when you're pulling the ligaments and and all that, and you're really putting. Do we stress have to get Gio area. back on the phone right now as he's driving back to his office? Because now that he knows that it's actually a boot, does that well, change? I'm going to text him a picture, but I guarantee you, when I send this to Gio, he will do the exact same thing I did when when D 
is it D Jizzle or D Gizzle? T. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with sure. T Gizzle. T Gizzle. T Gizzle. When when no he, R Gizzle. You're gonna go with the with the hard G. <laughs> G I Joe G I Z Z L E T Gizzle. I was gonna go with Jizzle. Anyway, uh, when he sent you it, follow him. When he sent it, the first thing I saw were those four ugly red sweaters. I never saw the boot. That's just that's just how it goes. Your eyes gravitate to, to the, those ugly sweaters. Right, and then right. finally you had to point it out to me. Uh, about like, the ugly sweater contest, which have sort of taken over this country during yeah. Christmas time, yeah. it used to be like you would wear an actual sweater that you owned from mm-hmm. back in the day that's non-ironically ugly. Now it's like you people are intentionally fashion. buying – you know, ugly they're sweaters. making ugly sweaters and people buy them. That's not the point. It's yeah. ruined the whole thing. Which, quite Sorry. frankly, I might wear that Josh Allen sweater he's got on right there. Yeah. Like you, like you would wear it just as a non-ugly sweater. Yeah, because it's like the Grinch. Man. Who, who doesn't like the Grinch? In this and I'm going with T-Jizzle because I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, but TLD and I had this contest for a while where we would try and buy something hideous for the other one. And they'd open it up, that. and you'd see their expression. That's like a King of Queens thing. Yeah, it? and you just you, they they were forced to act excited because it was in front of other people. And, and it, oh you know, my god! So you guys were the only ones in on the joke. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. funnier. Yeah, and just to make them look and go, oh wow, she likes that. They're you know, a weird that, couple. Yeah, that type of stuff. And and, uh, and so anyway, we were talking about reviving it, so we might have to do it in honor of uh, the Why ugly. Not? Ugly sweater. All right, so we missed out on Jordan Hall. That savage Saban has stolen us from us. Uh, stolen him from it's us. Not the first player he's stolen. Believe me, it is it won't the, truth. Be the last. It is the truth. And I'm sure you know how you have these Zoom calls, and you can see like they can put the balloons floating through the air. You know all the excitement. It's dollars that are dropping out of the sky on this Zoom call, as he calls Jordan Hall. <laughs> well, they, he did say he's happening. talking to Alabama or, or the yeah, coach. Yeah, the coach. So I talked to – Could it be the Alabama NIL guy? To or? take you behind the scenes, mm-hmm. I, I called uh, Jordan's coach, coach when I couldn't get in contact mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. And he went, talked to Jordan, called me back, and told me the only thing I know is he's in a meeting right now with Alabama. Well, by the way, so and I, could, he's probably be, not talking about Alabama could the be band. Saban, it could be the NIL collective at Alabama. Who knows what it is? Well, and, and by the way, for what it's worth, Freddie Roach and Joe Cox are the two listed as recruiting uh, Jordan Hall from Alabama. Could be Freddie Roach and Joe, exactly. Joe Cox, too. Yeah, so it could be those guys. But for his sake, I hope it's the NIL collective. Yeah, and I hope he's telling them, look, this is what it's going to take. Yeah, I, 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 that, more power to him. Man. Yeah, that conversation will be had on all these campuses, I'm sure. Uh, but, yeah, right now uh, I, I root for him. And, by the way, Randy Randall, a great story at Westside, and we will get him on uh, soon just to talk about what he's been able to do to get these kids going again. Rodney DeBose did a great job there for a long time, and now Coach Randall has picked up. So that's good stuff. We'll say hello to Justin Barney and get his take on who he thinks you know the premier players are, those that have basically committed and are solid, and those that are still going to have to make that decision because signing day is just a week away. The High School Half Hour, brought to you by I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be. Log on I-9sports.com. Now, I'm not suggesting that you Google Peyton Manning on those kids or anything like that, but if you're an adult that wants to help out refereeing, officiating, you might be able to throw a few flags uh, and maybe blow that whistle a little loud. It it could be liberating, uh, but you also would be helping 
youth sports. Uh, and there's pay involved, of course. Uh, I-9 Sports is looking for officials, for referees. You can email Jacksonville at I-9sports.com. We're talking flag football, basketball, soccer, and t-ball, and they are looking for refs. And right now, we look for a little knowledge from this guy. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Justin Barney, he of Channel 4 Sports, joins us now at Justin Barney TV on Twitter. Welcome in, Jay Barn. How you doing, bud? Joe C., thanks for having me. Football winded down, getting closer to the holidays. That means a lot of presents and some good food once again. No, I cannot wait. Uh, you know, you're carving the Christmas beast, uh, I think of it all the time. Now, as I understand it, you might uh, be in charge of one of the youngsters uh, in the Barney uh, household right now. Is that correct? That's you know, get them out of school and take them for a uh, checkup at the doctor. But you know, that's that's what uh, that's what you do on your days off when you get them. Now, can he give us a big old uh, you know Duval chant? He he cannot. He's actually in the office, and I've oh. stepped outside. Oh man, we were fired up for that too. I want to get a big Duval <laughs> out of him. All right, now let's get to all of Duval, which is what we always try and talk about first and foremost. But we'll you know we'll hit the first coast, but. In general, and you can name a couple of names if you want, but but the the quality of the recruit that's coming out this year, in your estimation, solid group, and you know I, I you know I hear people say one of the best ever, and I don't think it's there, but um, I think this year the depth of the recruit is solid, and we have them from those non traditional schools, Rod Kearney, um, mm-hmm. Jordan Hall. I mean, we've got some good guys at Orange Park and Westside, and and we're not. You know, we're not talking about the, the heavyweight schools, um, you know, as much this year. So we're still talking about those. Trinity Christian, Trayon Webb, he's the big one over there. And, you know, we've got we got some good recruits. And I think it's just the depth of this class which really separates it uh, from, from some in recent uh, history. I still like that 2013 class with Derrick Henry, Demarcus Walker, Larry mm-hmm. Tunzel, yeah. those guys that to me, that was the, that's kind of the, uh, the creme de la creme of, the, of our recent day recruiting. But, man, we've got some good ones this year. So Jordan Hall and Rod Kearney, Justin, are the only guys in the 24-7 composite top 30 in the state of Florida. So our local guys here, give us like a couple sleepers that, you know, maybe three-star guys, but you think are going to be really good college players. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like uh, Sharif Denton's not really a sleeper, but I think he's going to be an excellent player at Florida. Um, if he kind of follows in that mold that Bartram defensive back who went to Florida, Trevez Johnson. Um, he kind of slipped under the radar a little bit, but has turned into a good player with the Gators. I think Sharif, we saw what he could do this year more than any other year in his career at Bartram, just how dominant of a player he can be in that defensive secondary. So I like Sharif Denson a lot. And, uh, you know, I, again, I like the, the big name guys. I like Trayon Webb. I like the Jordan Hall. I like the Rod Kearney. Again, the, the stories for me this year with recruiting is, is getting those kids at those non-traditional schools. You know, we know Bartram, we know Trinity. We know Nice, and you know, to, to have guys come out of Orange Park and Westside and actually stick with those programs and, and not bail on a program, um, you know, that doesn't have that, that tradition and prestige of some of the others in the area, speaks a lot about those guys' character and uh, willing to, to put in the work and, you know, not the best and, and brightest situations on, on football teams that aren't going to the playoffs. So I think, uh, I think that says a lot about those two guys' makeup, and I really like Jordan, and I really like Rod Kearney. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The way you look at it is you're talking about guys that have been able to build a program back. And, and we were talking about uh, Randy Randall just a second ago uh, about you know him making that commitment to make sure that you know, Westside could get back uh, to some, some glory. And Rodney DeBose did a good job when, when, when he was there. There's no question about that. 
uh, but at least putting them back in position and keeping a Jordan Hall there. Like, the point you make, I think, is a great one, uh, Justin. Yeah, I, I think and, and I think it, it goes beyond the coach, too. I think the kid and his family, I remember talking to Jordan before the season started, and it was big to him to stay there. And, uh, you know, and again, put Westside on the map. That's his neighborhood school. And that's something that Rodney DeBose, even though he's not there, he used to love to say built, not borrowed. And that, that's, uh, that's something that stuck with Jordan Hall. And uh, it was important to him to finish out his career there. And same goes for Rod Kearney. I remember Tom McPherson told me when he was a freshman that he is a guy he could see playing on Sundays. Wow. Uh, and that's when, that's when Big Rod was, a, was a, a freshman. And, again, he stayed at Orange Park, not a, um, has not been a traditional power in recent years, and uh, built stuff over there. And I think they're going to be talking about Rod Kearney uh, for a long time after he leaves and uh, goes on to play football in Florida. And uh, just what he meant to that program as well. Again, you stick there for four years. You could have gone better. You know how the, the transfer portal in high school works these days. You could go anywhere you want. He elected to stay there. So I think those two storylines of those two top recruits in the area really define what, uh, what recruiting is about this year. So, Justin, the, the state championships wrap up this, this week, right? Beginning tomorrow. Tomorrow through what? Saturday, is that right? That's right, down to right. Fort Lauderdale. Right. We had the first round last weekend. All right, so, so give, us some, give, give us a couple teams to watch. You got to look at a Lake Wales. You got to look at a Miami Central. Those teams, the um, you know the non-traditional powers, and of course the the traditional powers as well. We saw last week Shaman Madonna uh, bring home a championship. You see, would have played them, but instead it was Clearwater Central. Uh, they won as expected. Um, you know the Plantation American Heritage playing this week, so um, you're going to see those typical names down there winning typical state championships. But I really like uh, the Suburban Metro what that did this year. I think we got a lot better playoff games. And again, I, just because we're seeing those same teams in those championship games does not mean the system is not working. It just means those teams are pretty darn good. And we'll stay with this format for a while, I would think. I think so. I think they're going to tinker with it a little bit after this year and um, analyze what went right and maybe some things they can clean up. And uh, I do think that this system is going gonna, is gonna to stay for a little bit unless something happens with South Florida and they elect to, to not be involved, which has been rumored before. But I think right now, it's uh, suburban metro for the foreseeable future. All right. So before we turn turn you loose next Wednesday, will there be any holdovers that will carry it? Just as far as the local kids go, any holdovers that will carry it into February, or do you think most will make their decisions, including a Jordan Hall? Yeah, I think um, I think those elite guys, those top you know top three hundred recruits in uh, the area, top five hundred, those guys are going to sign in that early period. And I think you're going to see those smaller school guys, the guys waiting for an offer. Maybe guys who have talked to cool schools and they said, well, you know, bear with us for a little bit of time. If we don't get this guy, you're in our plans. That happens all the time in recruiting. So I think we'll see some of those situations bleed over into February. But I think those, uh, you know, those three, four, five-star recruits that are, um, you know, well-known names around the area sign on the dotted line uh, early signing period. All right, man. No flippers or anything. No, no Grayson <laughs> Howard snapped up uh, like Shane Beamer. We have to come to town early just to make sure that he, that he, that he signs. We, don't, we, yeah, we shouldn't. I think I think Grayson is pretty uh, pretty locked into South Carolina. Yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, keep track of that youngster. Uh, do do uh, dad duty. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you next week. Take care. Thanks for having me. All right, uh, Justin Barney at Justin Barney TV on social media. You can definitely head to newsforjacks.com slash sports and see all that he's got cooking. And don't forget, I nine Sports bringing you our high school half hour. They're looking for refs for officials. You can email Jacksonville at i nine sports.com. That'll be that little extra fun thing you get to do. Uh, you can be out there flag football, basketball, soccer, and t-ball, uh, and earn a little cash uh, while you're doing it. That's for sure. All right, so if we look at the total number of four-stars, he said there was 
quite a few this year, and it would be comparable to some of the other banner years that we had. We'll hope and see if these guys can all turn into superstars on the college football field. Hey, remember this? It's up. Missed it to the right. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. 30-yard empty backfield. Brooks with time, rifle, touchdown, Saints. Joe Horn, and he pulls up the protective coating. Uh-oh. There's a new one. He's got his own phone. He hit his phone. <laughs> he had his phone right. stashed in the end zone. All right, now, remember, Terrell Owens, they passed a rule after the Sharpie came out, and it said you can't have anything on your body. Now, I guarantee you there's going to be a new rule. <laughs> yeah, uh, if there are if there are NFL execs, there are rules that will be made. And between the pom poms that To had and the phone that Joe Horn had, uh, it changed everything. And it wasn't that long ago that Zeke hopped into uh, the big uh, pot for the Salvation Army and even got in trouble for that. And you saw him the other day; he just slid off the side of it because now everything's welcome. But back then, oh, they frowned on it. You cannot use outside devices uh, to celebrate in the National Football League. You know how old that is, tolerate. by the way? Hmm? You know how old that highlight oh, is? Oh, yeah. Joe Theismann. That was Joe yeah, Theismann yeah, doing that. Yeah. 2003. This day in 2003. Yeah, 2003. And if it were any earlier, it would be Joe Theismann. But he did change his if name. It were, if it were yeah. any earlier. Right? Yeah, so it was a little bit later in his, in his <laughs> uh, broadcast life. But still, uh, it's just funny. I like the fact that they have not backed off uh, the – the turnover in football now has become that run to the spot and celebrate if you're a defensive player. They did that during the pandemic when there weren't that many stadiums that had fans really anywhere, and they'd run right to that camera, remember, at the end of the, at the, end of the football field in the end zone area. And I love the fact they haven't taken that away. Yeah, Just awesome. let them celebrate, yeah, man. Let them have yes. fun. That's what it's all about. Uh, that is a good Modelo moment. All right, let's check in with the Frangie Show. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Southside Island Wings, where the Frangie crew is holed up, ready to rock and roll, right there on Southside, the Tinseltown area. Lauren joins us now. What is going on? Oh, yes, Joe, we are here. We just watched the first half of uh, the semifinal going on between France and Morocco. France leading one nothing. A lot of people here to watch that game. And uh, we're just hanging out. Of course, we're going to order some coconut shrimp and have a good old time. I am a, a Morocco man right now. Should I be you are. For, Why Moroc- is that? Moroccan spices, you mean. Yeah. I'm just a Morocco man. I, you know, I'd rather have the German army in front of me than the French army behind me type of guy. <laughs> So I, I don't know if I I can't root for France, can I? I'm I'm all no, Morocco. France is lame. Yeah, I'm all Morocco <laughs> right now. <laughs> Wait, JJ, I thought you were rooting for France. Yeah, I am, but only because if we, <laughs> if they win, my girlfriend wins five hundred bucks. Oh, no. right, that's a that's a big reason to be rooting for them. But if I was them. just a regular guy like Joe with yeah. no dog in the fight, I'm anti-France. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. 
Good. Got it. Screw right. a bad guy. I, th- I think France is more fun to watch than Morocco, yes. so I'd be rooting for France v. Argentina in the final. Mm-hmm. I can get on that. Yeah, that would be competitive. Yeah. That part I get. All right, what else? Yeah, I think it would be really competitive. Yeah. We've got a scholar athlete coming up in the show at 340, and then we have five pairs of general admission weekend passes to give away to Welcome to Rockville that comes up in May at Daytona International Speedway. Five pairs of weekend passes, so we're going to do that throughout the show. Yeah, Welcome to Rockville down at Daytona. It is uh, obviously a great event. It will be going on, and you will want to be part of it, so be listening to the French show. All right, Lauren, thanks. We'll be listening. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. That's something great to win and then give away as a Christmas present. Yeah, that would be. Uh, and you look like the hero, you know? Like, exactly. Oh, yeah, I was ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, thanks. We'll be listening. Thank you. Yeah, because if you start looking at that uh, lineup, uh, definitely a lot of killer bands, that's for sure. All right, uh, Johnny Cash Day at the bank. As it was announced they're going to go all black in the unis, so they will have the uh, the look. And let's hope, because, look, every team, they whenever they always tell the story, the coach says, what, what do you want to wear? They always go all black. They love them, and why not? They're sleek. They're stealth-looking, uh, but we need them out there making plays. We need to see black jerseys in the end zone. There there's, you go. There's the man in black there right there. What's the weather, by the way, of Sunday? It's going to be called black unis. Yeah, there it is. And if it's the train of coming, oh, yeah. I think it's supposed to be chilly. Uh, Sunday is yeah, high 57, low 41. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll be talking our way right into the winner's column on Sunday. I love it. I love it. All right. Now, as we wrap things up uh, real quick, just keeping an eye on the injury status for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence did not practice today. Mental Walker seen in a boot as they were handing out gifts. He he was in an ugly sweater. That's the thing you notice first. Then you notice the boot. And hopefully everything will be all right. Doug Peterson in the presser earlier, uh, which 1010XL was at. We played the soundbite earlier is that he is looking at it as a day-to-day high ankle injury, injury, not a high ankle sprain. So we will hope for the best. And I'm thinking, as I told you all earlier, Trayvon Walker's got to be thinking that exact same thing, finally in a position to where he can go out there and be hand on the ground making plays for this football team. So I'm rooting for him. All right. We are out. Joe C., Matty Hayes, me, O'Brien down there at the presser right now with Trevor Lawrence. Big Surf will be back with us manana. JJ LaSelva always making it happen. We will send you on to the Francis Show.